What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Game Over Greggy Show. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the producer slash seducer, Nick Scarpino. Hi, Greg. And on the rare occasion, you're not in the Heather Gray shirt. Mm. You're wearing my shirt. I now. know. Well, that's my shirt, too. Now, come on. We all like the Thimbleweed Park shirt. I know. But you like, look best in it. I'll thank agree. You. Thank Tim, you. the Pure One Gettys. It's good to be back at this table. This table? You're happy it's to be back while. at it? Yeah, yeah. Do you, are you offended that he's wearing your shirt? No, I'm not offended, but I mean, this just like I'll tell you, quadruples you, the chances of us wearing the same shirt. I'll be honest. I don't even know how I got this shirt. <laughs> I have no idea where this shirt came from. I put, I looked at it. I'm like, I got a plane flight later today. It looks like a comfortable shirt. I was right. It is a comfortable shirt. It's actually, it actually fits very well. Mm. And Thank it does a couple of things that I like that I think that everyone who's making shirts for people in the video game industry should do. Okay. The shirt should be slightly wider than it's supposed to be. Uh-huh. And the arms should be slightly higher than they're supposed to be because that makes your biceps look bigger. Mm. That's just the way it goes. I'm such a big fan of this shirt that no lie, last night I ordered two more from the website. The problem is they don't wash well. No, oh, they yeah? don't. Is it losing its luster? It's no. losing the luster, but I like it so much. I mean, th- it's a it's a show. It was shirt. one of those things that I remember I, at, during E3 week. I think on the way down there, you were wearing it, and then it popped up two days later in the rotation. I was like, that can't be washed. Yeah, but you just look so good. In it. Oh, that's pff, no, 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 no. You don't wash things after one wear. That's that's how you lose their luster. Greg. When you sweat like Greg and Kevin, you do. Mm-hmm. Come here, Kev. Come here, big Kev. Give God, me that sweaty pan. There it uh, is. Bam. Just just to put it out there, if you don't wash it, it won't fade. I mean, if you don't dry it, rather. So if you wash it and hang dry it, it'll oh. be fine. But if you hang dry anywhere you go, you're gonna. If you put it on a on a if you put it on big wood hanger, you gotta put it on then a big it's wood gonna hanger. do the thing. It's gonna slouch. Your neck's gonna get all stretched out. It's no, gonna no, be no, like no. that flash Here's dance what you thing do. she wears. This is the this is I've learned this because my wife is an expert at this at this point. Wash on cold, get it out. Put, you got to go underneath the shirt, so through the shirt uh-huh. with a hanger inside, so you're not stretching out the neck as you put it in. No, It'd God, who, what kind of savage goes in that way? You learn the hard way. Good uh, Lord, who would ever you, do that? And then you just hang it up, and in, in this uh, cold San Francisco weather, it dries in a couple days. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> so that's the problem. I'm in Daly City. So yeah. There's no fucking chance of that thing drying. It's just gonna mildew and rot and disappear before anything happens. Well, then you're gonna be Kevin and just wear the mildew shirt. Yeah, and act no, like nothing that's, drying that's what he does. Over here, the pride of Long Island, Colin Moriarty. Mm. Mm. It was only a month, Kevin. <laughs> it was only a month of that they were left in the dryer and everything smelled like mildew. What was he supposed to do? What was he supposed to do? He He's been drinking clothes. straight vodka all day long. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. Sometimes that happens. Oh, if you didn't know, this is the Game Over Greggy show. Each and every week, four, sometimes five best friends gather on this table. Each bring a random topic to session for your amusement. If you like that, Head over to patreon.com slash kind of funny where we post the show early. You can get it there along with a bunch of exclusive goodies and cool things. If you have bucks to toss our way, if you have no bucks to toss, it's no big deal. Wait for it over on youtube.com slash kind of funny where we put it up topic by topic day by day until the entire thing posts one big MP3 in video for your viewing slash listening enjoyment. Mm. Colin. Yes. Begin. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, I don't know what what this topic's really going to be about. I mean, it's going to sure. be it's it, it, it's spurred on by uh, the Senate's um, vote on guns yesterday. And we're, while we're recording this, people will hear it a little later. Um, and I kind of got a little annoyed at this point about um, the resistance of both sides to just meet in some respect in the middle anywhere mm-hmm. with anything that's going on. So basically. What happened uh, for people that you know? I'm sure everyone knows. You know, this mass shooting in Orlando. We have mass shootings in the United States on a fairly regular basis. This is this is the bloodiest mass shooting in American history from a, a criminal point of view. I mean, there, you know, whatever. So um, they, as as is often the case, like after Sandy Hook or after San Bernardino or after Columbine or whatever, like especially after Columbine, when really this stuff kind of started getting into the the, the public co- uh, consciousness. 
the the people get upset and then there's there's an attempt at legislation or like an attempt to change or fix something to make guns you know not get in the hands of people that don't don't have them whatever now or shouldn't have them and yesterday uh everything failed in the senate that they tried to pass basically what were they trying to pass so uh they were trying to pass i think four amendments um uh, basically four pieces of of disparate le- legislation um that would amongst other things like stop a person from being on on the terrace watch list from being able to buy a gun um you know obviously a lot of this stuff goes back to mental health as well so basically just like more rigorous standards for background checks and stuff like that for guns closing the gun show loophole basically where you can go to gun shows and and avoid background checks and or avoid like any sort of like waiting period um so there's like all these different loopholes now i'm fiercely second pro second amendment like and i i actually have no problem with a person even having an assault rifle that doesn't bother me at all um, there are millions of assault rifles in the United States and nothing's, you know, as I've said in the past, I think I said it on a conversation with Colin, like gun violence in the United States is not nearly as bad as people make it sound. When you look at the numbers, there sure. are more guns than there are people in the United States. And so I'm not saying that any shooting is okay, but when you look at 325 million people, probably like 400 million guns, probably a hundred million of those are fucking automatic, you know? So right. And like these happen a few times a year. So I'm not excusing it. What I'm saying is that like it could be way fucking worse. I think that I think 99.999% of gun owners are totally fine. Mm -hmm. Um, But on the other side, I see like a situation developing where there's just excuses being made and no legislators want to do any hard work and no one wants to solve any problems. And the big hang up with the the gun legislation being passed, especially with the terrorist watch list, which I think is valid is that the terrorist watch list is just a, a list of people that the gov- federal government puts together with no due process. So if you're on the list, then you can't go into a gun shop and buy your gun. And I'm like, okay, like that 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 needs to be fixed. That's not okay. And then I, I kind of thought about it, and this is when I kind of went on my Twitter tirade yesterday where I'm like, why don't they just fix all of the problems? Like, it's your job to fix the problem. So instead of saying like, well, there's due process problems with this legislation... Can't do anything about that. And then everyone goes back to their districts or whatever, or go back to their home states. Why don't you like stay there and be like, all right, how do we fix this problem? How do we make the terrorist watch list transparent? And, uh, and you can have an appeals process and all these kinds of things. People, random people find their names on this list. So I totally get like, is it a cart before the horse issue in the fear that like, well, if we're going to move on this and part of it hinges on that, then we need to fix that before we do this. Yeah. I mean, but like the, the point is, is that like, why not have legislators that actually want to legislate? Like fix the we, fix the I fucking think we let go of that a long time ago. Yeah, but this is and this is kind of the issue I was coming up with is that like the fact is is that owning a gun in the United States is um, a, a sacred right. It's not going anywhere. Anyone who thinks that like banning guns is going to happen in the United States in any case, it's never going to happen. Never in a fucking million years is it going to happen. Not only is it like a legislatively huge li- heavy lift for this to happen, you need two thirds of the Senate, two thirds of the House, which never happens, and then you need three fourths of state legislatures, which is never going to happen. And the, and the the intention of that was to make it really hard. That's why it's only happened like, you know, a handful of times since the Bill of Rights. So what I really started to get mad at was being called out on Twitter as being a fake conservative or um, not a constitutionalist because I dared to say, like, why are we okay as a society having these loopholes? And why are we okay as a society having the ability of someone on a terrorist watch list to get a gun and why do we make excuses and then pretend like these excuses these these problems which are valid like a due process fifth amendment problem can't be solved with other legislation in other words like we've gotten to this really bizarre point where everyone is just it's getting worse than everywhere like a mass shooting can't even bring us all together and like make us solve problems and i think there's a disingenuousness 
on both sides for sure. I think like when you hear the stats of like there are so many, you know, 30, 40,000 gun deaths a year. I'm like, bullshit. There are in the United States. No, there aren't. Most of those are suicides and most of those are accidents. And then most of the murders are done with pistols, not with machine guns or with semi-automatic weapons. Right. So like we have to have honest statistics about that as well to not inflate the numbers and make it seem like it's way worse. Like, like I said, when people think they're coming over here, it's like the Wild West. Like, give me a break. You know, it's it's totally normal country, like the normal Western European country you come from or Australia and those kinds of things. But I mean, why wouldn't those numbers count? I mean, if it's accidents or suicides or whatever, they still have access why to guns, w- whether it's pistols or automatics. Like, well, why still well, have guns? What? But what is the? I don't understand what you're even arguing. They're they're arguing gun violence as in like people going down and mowing people down. And I'm saying that a person. I mean, are they just gun, arguing? Yeah, they are. Deaths by guns. No, I mean the insinuation in these statistics is anyone who knows that looks at these statistics is that the numbers are padded, obviously padded. But this is neither here nor there. the The situation is that even if we are able to solve just one instance of of um, a mass shooting, shouldn't we try to at least ameliorate like the issues, the legislative or practical or logistical issues of making sure that like when you go to a gun show, like maybe you should have to go through the same rigors of getting a gun at a gun shop or, um. W- if you're on a terrorist watch list and the terrorist watch list is constitutional, which it's not right now, that you might have a problem buying a gun. In other words, why why are we so why are we so consistently obnoxious as a society with this stuff? Because politics like these, are broken. Where where these things happen and like what what is it going to take? You know, like what is it like really going to take? It, uh, Sandy Hook was really the line. I mean, everyone knew that Sandy Hook was the line when that didn't change anything. Everyone was like, well, this is not ne- like people were like, this is never going to change. Like if Sandy Hook didn't change it, this will never change. And so to me, it's it's there's so much lying and disingenuousness. No one wants to meet in the middle and be like, well, we're never going to solve all of these problems. And like Americans have a right to have guns and they're probably going to have these guns for for in perpetuity. But can we do something? Can we just do something? And then and then when these things happen, we know that we did everything we could mm-hmm. you know, to try to stop it. It's still going to happen, but maybe it won't happen as, as frequently. I don't think any of this is solved or even in motion for another five to ten years. I think the next election cycle is the first start of it when you have politicians finally waking up to the fact that normal people can run, that the message of I am an outsider and I don't have influences and I don't have lobbyists resonates with the audience. I think you see that right now with Bernie. I think you, you see it with uh, Trump um, outside of the establishment. And I think a lot of young politicians are looking at them going like, Oh, that can work and it can work in my local district. It doesn't have to be on a, you know, countrywide level. It can be what I'm trying to do locally here. And I think as you see those people come to it, they hopefully start to bring rational thought again. They hopefully start to come to it where it's not political backwash of all this stuff of trying to do this to get that to fix that to do this. I mean, politics are broken. That's why I've never understood your enjoyment of them or interest in them. It's just not fun to watch. Nothing changes. They're no, I don't trust any of them. And why can't they do this? Because they're not in it for the right reasons. They're not in the, they're not in there to govern the people. They're not in there to represent the people. They're in there to keep their job and keep this going and hopefully one day play the system so they get to a bigger role, to a bigger place, to have more fame, to have more of this. To, I just don't see anybody doing it for the right reasons anymore. I don't believe in anybody. And this is one of the reasons why this is exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, they can't come together on something after Sandy Hook. And like, that's the thing. You thought that would change it and it didn't. And so here we are with Orlando and it's not nearly as big a deal, even though the numbers are bigger. It's not nearly as big a deal as Sandy Hook was, which was you couldn't go anywhere or talk to anyone about it. Now it's almost like one of those things like, oh, yeah, that sucks. Oof, America still being America. Let's see what's happening in the presidential race. Yeah, I, I, I kind of agree with Greg, right? Which I, I think the reason why a lot of this is, is a huge issue and that why they can't affect change is because the people that really do care to have the, the change not affected are the lobbyists or the interest groups like the NRA, where they've got a united front and, you know, 
all they have to do is make sure something doesn't happen. Whereas we'd have to mobilize a vast majority of our population to make sure something does happen. And so we just, I mean, the long and short of it is because people actually don't care. Like they like to say they care, but they don't care. Our thoughts and prayers. Right. Exactly. Right. Like it's life is hard right now. Life is, it's complicated and we all are very, very busy. And when these things happen, we generally feel them as a public, but they're not galvanizing enough for actually for us to actually care because I guarantee you a week from now, no one will be talking about that. And it's a shame. It's a crying shame that people don't think that this is a, a problem. Um, but we just won't. I mean, history, look at the last three years, you know, there's been so many crazy things that have happened. Paris, like all, all these things have happened and we just don't, I mean, they really don't affect our day to day. So it's we really to, don't care. It's back to what we, we've had this conversation here before or whatever, but I mean, it's this fractured view and there's too many, there's too much, there's too much media. There's too many ways to get away from media. There's too many things to only be interested in what you're interested in, right? Like nine 11 mattered and united the country because it was attack on us and everyone watched it on live TV. You did not get away from that. That's all that, that happened. And that's all that was there. And that's all you talked about. And now literally I woke up, I tweeted, I, you know, we're on West Coast. I woke up, I tweeted our E3 schedule and somebody hit, hit me up and said, really, Greg, now? And I was like, what? I just said question mark back. And somebody's like, then somebody started arguing with him about, well, why would he care about like this is E3 is still happening and Orlando doesn't matter. And I was like, Orlando, wait, we're talking about the voice girl who was killed over the weekend. And then I had to dig into it, be like, oh, no, this is happening. And my Twitter feed wasn't speaking about it. And I, but now yeah. granted, I woke up and took a glance at the front page before sure. tweeting about E3. Sure. I wasn't digging into it. Clearly, people were talking about it. But that's the thing, right? Like, it becomes a footnote in every E3 press conference. Hey, guys, we're going to talk about toys here in a second. But first, thoughts and prayers are with everybody. Not a bad move, don't get me wrong. But if 9 11 just happened, if 9 11 happened right before E3, E3 would have been fucking canceled. Everybody would have said there, oh, yeah. there are more important things going on right now. Well, also but the death of security standpoint too. Sure. Yeah. I mean, of course. Yeah. Yeah. But well, SmackDown was like two days later. That was a big deal. I remember Vince McMahon very excited to be the first live event after 9-11. Yeah, people needed entertainment. Um, that's and, that, and that's true. We did. I mean, that was like three fucking days of mourning and like just nothing but horrible sure, stuff. Sure. But the, the 50 lives or whatever in Orlando don't count as much anymore when it, there is this fractured thing and there's this industry event and there's all these different things going on. And it's not that I'm knocking E3. I'm not knocking the companies. I'm not knocking us for doing it. It's our time. It's our job. That is the Super Bowl of the thing. But that's the other thing too, right? Like what would have happened if something like this happened? There'd be a moment of silence in the Super Bowl and then it'd be all right, right back to football. Let's get back to what we really care about. Mm-hmm. We care about this and the commercials and this. We care about this and the games and the commercials for games. Like that's the world we live in right now where there is so much turnover. And when is something going to change? I think it has to start grassroots and it's going to start super small and it's going to start be really, 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 really fucking slow as you're already seeing. Like it needs to be right now that every disenchanted, every disenfranchised young Bernie Sanders supporter now comes out and doesn't leave politics, but says, all right, let's find local people to bring up. Let's go. And that's years and years and years of journeying to try to get rational people back in there who aren't going to sit there and filibuster for 18 hours about something stupid when they could just fucking sit down and do it. Everybody's got, that's the whole problem with politics is that everybody's forgotten why they're there. They're there to, for the betterment of us as a country and they're not. Now they're there in a very, in the, in the right versus the left in I'm right. You're wrong that we're going to sit here and we're going to argue and we're not going to give up any ground and we're not going to do this. And we're going to treat it like professional wrestling. And so like, yeah, I don't look to them to solve anything. I also think there is a, a huge component in our society where ignorance is bliss, right? Sure. Where if you look at what's happened over the last few years, right? I mean, let's say the last 10 years, we've had a massive, massive economic meltdown that could have been cataclysmic for the world, right? It's happening again. No one cares, right? Nothing was affected at all by that. No policies. No one got put in jail. Just fuck it, right? It's fine. Everything's status quo. We're totally good, right? Uh, the government 
is listening to every single thing we do, reading every single email, uh, listening to every phone call. And I'm not talking from a metadata standpoint. I mean, everything we say right now is being recorded and filtered. Well, obviously it is. But on our phones, in our text messages, that's all being recorded and filtered and put in record someplace. Could very easily be used against us in the future. We could very easily, uh, that data could be misguided or misused to put us on terrorist lists, to put us in jail. Doesn't matter. No one cares about that. That story came. Everyone was in an upgrade. You know, Google, Apple, all these places are giving over our data. No one cares about that, right? So why should we care as a society then when someone dies across, for all intents and purposes, the continent, the world from us, right? It's just a sad state of affair. Like we, you can't blame legislators for this because they're just humans too. And at the end of the day, all they're going to do is do whatever keeps that status quo because their job is to keep everyone happy and everyone's happy being ignorantly like or blissfully ignorant with all this stuff. We just don't want to think about it because at the end of the day, I have to worry about how I have to pay rent. I have to worry about how I'm going to retire. I have to worry about my wife's happiness, my friend's happiness, my business. And I just don't have any more room in my in my brain to think about how we're all going to take on this Herculean effort of changing gun control in this country or or uh, doing away with laws that allow the government to basically spy on every single aspect of us. We just it's too big of a hurdle. So what do we do? We go. That sucks. Thoughts and prayers are with you. Here's my I'm changing my little icon on Facebook and Twitter for a week so I can prove that I'm human. And then after when everyone I see everyone else stop changing that, I'll change it back. And that's it. Yeah. And it sucks. That's the problem. Though. We have I ourselves mean, to blame. What you're saying is like you, you know, we have our jobs and we're doing our stuff, but it's the legislators jobs to to do all that stuff. And it's kind of like mm-hmm. people can rely on us to cover E3. We're going to do that. But sure. it's just kind of sucks that we can't rely on them. I don't understand this stuff. You know, so it's like, what am I supposed to do? I have no idea. What I'm supposed to be doing. We, we all talk about how we're just sitting here doing nothing. What should I be doing? I don't know. I don't fucking know. Well, I mean, we should be calling our me. congressperson. But see, that's the whole thing is I don't we trust be... them to change to do anything because well, I'm not throwing millions of dollars at it. Right. Him. But the fact of the matter is when you look at how change is affected, it is affected by public opinion. Right. When the massive amount of the, of the public decides this enough is enough, they have we can affect change. Right. It's just really, really hard. And everyone has to care and they have to care for longer than two days. They have to care for longer than a week. You know, look you at have I mean, to care for years. You have to care for years. And like I saw a report on healthcare. You know how long they've been lobbying to change healthcare in the United yeah, this States? This goes back to LBJ and Nixon. Jesus I mean, this goes Christ. back. This goes back. This goes back for 60, 70 years. Yeah, I mean, and the Hillary Clinton started it. the the idea that, and that's one thing that gets frustrating. And I don't want to like disparage the things that like we're into and the things that bring us joy and entertainment. But like the things that we are into and that we talk about and that we make our business about are fucking meaningless <laughs> at the end of the day. Meaningless. You know, like it is meaningless and we can rally all of these people around the like around, you know, games and entertainment. it's fine and it's great. Like it's all what binds us together and we all love those things. But like the apathy route that America is taking right now is not acceptable and it's and it's leading us into a fucking abyss. And this is where this is where the the, the thing like polling isn't changing anything. Ninety two percent of Americans want fucking background checks. Ninety two percent. And the Senate won't pass that. 88% of Americans want you to not be able to buy a gun if you're on a terrorist watch list. That failed. Who are they voting for? Like at, at their some, interests, at, at, their special at, interests. At some yeah. point, it's like, you know, when you are the senator from the state of New York, you are the senator for those people. You are not your own senator. Yeah, people forgot yeah, and, that a long time and, ago. And, and like you are, we are a republic. It's a representative republic. You, we, the idea that we're not a democracy because we don't all individually vote on issues. We send people to cast their votes for us. You know, it's just mm-hmm. easier that way. That's the entire idea of the system. So when you have a representative, it's like it's like saying I'm going to be a, rep- a conservative Republican and I'll represent the eighth district in Manhattan. Like that doesn't make any sense. That's not how it works. That's why no Republicans get nominated or elected in Manhattan because you don't represent them. 
You know, just like a in deep in deep the heart of Texas, you wouldn't have a fucking liberal Democrat casting votes for them. But at some point, you have you. And this is the thing that's frustrating to me. Like no one gives anything. So like there's no like ev- there's no you can't prove like this works or this doesn't work. It's just a lot of like talking points of oh well like the Sandy Hook guy had his guns his mom bought those guns legally and all those kinds of things and I'm like yeah that's a good point. So like is it a and so I I agree with you there. Is it a mental health issue? Is there anything we can do at all? Can we just stop throwing our hands in the air and being like well there's nothing we can do? Couldn't those, prevent it. Those AR-15s were purchased legally. He killed his mom and took them. I'm like yeah that's all that's fine. And the same thing with you know other gunners that have had you know their guns legally and all those kinds of things. I'm like that's not really the point. Like we're not we're not seeing it the right way. You have to give the other side something. So that they give you something. Or it's compromise. You know? And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like, instead of, so, like I was saying before, instead of, like, the, the liberal side being like, look at the, the, it's like a fucking violent zoo out there in the United States. Look at all these gun deaths. And someone should be, in the middle, should be like, your statistics are disingenuous. You know? Like, you're counting things that don't matter within the gun violence rate. And when we talk about gun violence, we are not talking about suicides. And we're not talking about accidents. We all know that. So stop putting those numbers in there. Right. But if we want them to, to do that, then maybe on this side we should say like, oh well, all background checks should be are illegal and like why would we have background checks or whatever? It's like is it that unreasonable for a man to, or a woman to go into a gun shop and have to wait three days to get their gun so that they can just figure out if they're a felon or something yeah. like that? Is it really that big of a deal? Like, it, it, yeah, we we do we don't know the intent of the founders in in the 21st century paradigm, but I'm pretty sure that if you went to Benjamin Franklin or you went to the framers themselves, if you went to like Madison or Monroe or someone like that, and we're like. Do you think here's the guns that we have today? Right, right. You had a you had a a a musket that's a minute <laughs> that one that will literally your best shoot sh- shooter can probably load and shoot in thirty seconds. Your best guys, best guy. This gun shoots hundreds of rounds in a minute. Now I'm not saying this gun shouldn't exist, and I'm not saying this gun shouldn't be allowed. To, you know, I I think that you should be allowed to have your assault rifles. I have no problem with that. Mm-hmm. But do you think, Mr. Madison, that Perhaps like if you should maybe make sure that you, the person having this weapon of fucking mass destruction that would have mowed down all the columns of Lexington and Concord by itself, by the way, this this fierce battle that you guys fought. Do you think that maybe we should just wait a few days and make sure that this person's like, OK, and he'd probably be like, yeah, that makes sense to us. Yeah, I, I like it, it's just not that like it's it's not that. Do you think, you know, like it, it doesn't make any sense? Yes. Let's have honest statistics. Let's talk honestly about guns. The people on one side that are like, we should ban guns or whatever. They're dumb. They don't understand anything about the Constitution. It's never going to happen in the United States. It will never fucking happen ever. Okay, so like, let's stop with that nonsense. But let's stop with the unfettered. Like, let's have anything we want for any reason. No rules attached. The Second Amendment is is, is king. And let's meet somewhere in the middle and say, yes, the Second Amendment is sacred. And the Second Amendment is not going to be legislated out of the Constitution. It's just not going to happen. And it's number two, by the way. It's it's they are kind of labeled in in, in some respect in order of what they thought were, were were important to a degree. That's why the First Amendment is the First Amendment. Right. So, you know, so on that one side, we can have like an honest conversation. On the other side, we can have an honest conversation. Be like, OK, we understand the Second Amendment is real. We understand that. Like, but what can we do to keep guns out of the hands of people that don't that, that, that shouldn't have them? And if we can just stop a few of these, isn't that worth the trouble? If we can just stop one troubled man from going into a store and buying a gun and making him have a three day or five day waiting period, a cool down period. And then he goes back to buy the gun. He's like, I don't want to kill that person anymore. I'm so glad that this existed. The 72 hour wait existed so Mm -hmm. that I didn't do anything fucking stupid and ruin my life and ruin someone else's life and ruin these families lives and all this kinds of thing. Just and then what happens when you compromise like that is when these things happen, we look down the checkboxes and are like, well, we really did try to do everything like we really did. Right. And, and 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 then the pro gun side can be like we were totally reasonable and compromised with you and there's nothing else for us to give. 
But see, yeah, think, and but like there's but they don't do that because they haven't given anything. Well, I think that's the problem, right? Is that they they view giving even an inch as too much, right? And 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 that's the rhetoric on that side, which is, you know, to give it all would be to give away all of our rights. And that's that's how they frame it and that's how it's that's how it's sold to people who support that. They sell it as that's how it starts. Right, exactly. Um and it's unfortunate because in, in you're right, you're absolutely right. In order to get anything done, there has to be compromise, right? Especially with our two party system. Um, I will say, I mean, there's a little bit of hope, right? We are talking about it. This conversation is happening more often, and that is how you go, you do affect change in our system. Unfortunately, like that, it just is going to take fifty fucking years. But I mean, this I mean, this brings me right back to where we were when we discussed Ferguson, where I talked about the fact that this is a huge thing now, and next week it'll be a shooting, and yeah. then next week it'll be this, and yeah. then it's going to be a fucking gorilla in a zoo, and then it's you know what I mean, like. We jumped to issue to issue. Sure, so we should have never that, that enclosure was completely. I agree. <laughs> like, <laughs> in, in, in and he was trying to protect the kid. It looked like, was, anyways. But, but yeah, you come back to these things later on. It's like it is that. Oh yeah, I remember Sandy Hook. Like that. Is, that it all. It's all this chip damage that nobody gets fo- to focus on. But I mean, like when did the when did the background checks? There, there is a cooling off period. Is there, there are. I mean, it depends. The background checks, the gun show stuff, the the cooling down periods are all state by state. I mean, right. So in California, issues. there is a there's a cooling off period. Right. Right. And exactly. And that's a relatively new thing. That's like as of. I think the 80s, isn't it? Yeah, I don't, I don't know about California. But I mean, and there are assault rifle bans in states and stuff like that. Like, sure. so it really so it is, is going, happening. It's just happening. It's ha- very slowly. Yeah, it's happening slowly, and it's and happening at, at a state, state level. level. But I will say that, um, you know, I uh, there are certain things that I think are bridges too far. Like, I have no problem with background checks. I do have a problem with a gun registry. I think that that is totally over the st- like stepping way over the bounds. In other words, the federal government shouldn't have a record of the, every gun every person owns that they can access at any time. Like, I don't. I think that that goes against the spirit of the Second Amendment. But I don't think there's anything wrong with having a background check system where it where it's like, can we just make sure right now as you're buying this gun? Are you fucking crazy? Are you a are you a felon? Like, mm-hmm. are you on the terrorist watch list? Yeah. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. No one's like. And that's the point that we're trying to make where everyone's like on, on my side, I guess I'll say in quotes where everyone's like, uh, it's a slippery slope. You're, they're going to no one's trying to take away your guns. Well, no one is trying to take your guns. I shitty. promise it's, it's not going the, to happen. The problem is you have to have a massive like you have to have a massive PR plan, right? That basically blasts a gun supporters, right? You have to you, in, in order for it to affect really any change. You have to have that really polarizing, like almost bullshit made up argument on that side. Something to the degree of like by not doing this, the NRA is supporting terrorism like that would have to be. As an absurd statement as you'd have to make in order to really shake these people. Yeah, but I mean, and, and, they, and, and effects change, the, but you can't, you know. The that's how it feels, that. though. This whole thing is so backwards to me. Like, I, the whole gun thing, I don't understand why people feel the need to have guns. Doesn't make sense to me. The, the need to defend yourself, that's just something that I guess I'm lucky enough to be privileged in a world where that's not something that has ever crossed my mind if I need a gun to, to protect my house or whatever. But like I just I don't understand people's infatuation with having guns or with the need to have the right to have guns. I understand that was a thing a long time ago. That seems like a backwards ass step to me. I don't understand this, and I think that it's weird that it's where we're at now. But I mean, I feel like we're seeing all this stuff, and it's just like, like you're right, where it's just like it's not like everyone that has a gun's doing this stuff. But if no one had guns and it was illegal to have guns, less of this shit would happen. And it's like if people, it still would happen because people would still have access to them because it's not like they would just disappear. But I just don't understand how we're in this world where it, it takes a fucking um, people claiming you're a terrorist. Right. Have absurd statements. To, absurd to statements. Enact By the way, I'm not anything. saying that people should go out there and say that. I'm just saying you're, as an you're example. You're using an example. Right? That's what it might take. Well, I mean, but, but, but is it not? Is it not also in a sense? And I'm not saying in this case true. Like, is, is, are, is there not blood, bloody, you know, the blood of the Sandy Hook kids, for instance, on the NRA's hands? The answer is fucking yes. Not because 
Adam Lanza bought those guns illegally or anything like that, but because these guys just stand in the way of any sort of progress right. that I'm a fucking conservative Republican. Yeah. I'm telling you that there's nothing wrong with the state or the federal government legislating on making sure that guns are just in the hands of the people that should have them, which is probably frankly, as a, which is frankly, well, as like, think it's like the numbers I, I talked about before. There are more guns in the country than there are people. There are people with, with fucking arsenals in their house that mm. wouldn't hurt a fucking fly. Why they have them, I don't know. I don't care. I don't own a gun. A lot of people what I'm saying back is, in Missouri were former military folks. They came back and found an appreciation for guns, and that's why they had the arsenal. But, like, my, my whole thing is, you know, we don't... So, like, why do we have guns? Should we? Should they make them... No, we shouldn't. I don't think... I think to the point of, of people more on, again, my side in quotes, you don't just give away rights for no reason. That's stupid. It's like I always talk about with... The, with like, so you don't just be like, we're just going to sacrifice our right to have guns on the altar just out of principle. Like, we don't do that. Well, it's, sure. like, it's for it's, no reason. Well, I mean, it's to, to make a statement against these type of things. Right, but we to do that you would need to legislate it out of the Constitution. It's like it's the example I always use with the Third Amendment, which is like never no no one even knows what the fuck the Third Amendment is. It's it's the it's to say that the government can't quarter American soldiers in your house. This was because the the British did this to them in the Intolerable Acts in Boston, like they would bring British soldiers over and and American families had to feed and clothe and house those people. So that was part of their experience. It's never been cited in any Supreme Court case, and it's fucking meaningless. It doesn't mean anything. But like we see it there, and we're like, well. You never know, you know, like, right. like, so like it should, it should be there or whatever. So like, we never even had an attempt to remove that from the constitution with an amendment because it's like, well, why would we do that? Like, it's a right that they gave us and we, we, it doesn't seem like we need it now, but maybe one day we would. And so I, I, so I understand that particular argument, but like to just say like by, by meeting somewhere in the middle on guns, the, 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 the law abiding hundreds of millions of guns out there that are in law in the hands of law abiding people. These people can step up too, and they are, and a lot of them do step up and say, like, we want, we, I don't want psychopaths with a fucking gun strapped to their fucking mm-hmm. leg. I don't think that that was the intent of the founders. I don't think the founders intended that anyone, regardless of mental status or anything like that, should have a gun. That wasn't really the idea of the militia. So, you know, so I, I just get so fucking frustrated with this, these political ideological purity tests that everyone has to go through and these, and these all things where it's like, yeah, maybe this will stop nothing, but at least we know we tried. Like, why can't we just try to give the, the one side a little bit and, and have a give and take that way when these things happen again, and hopefully they happen fewer times in the future, we just know that we checked all the boxes and then our side can come up and say like, you know, instead of making the argument at the beginning, which is to say like, we'll sacrifice a little bit of security for a little bit of freedom, which is something I believe in. We say that afterwards when we say we sacrifice all of these things. And now we have to realize that like some of this is the, is the, is the um, repercussions of a free society that like we, we, we gave you. A, B, C, D, E, and F. And they stopped 25% of these things, but we can't give anymore. Like, because then we really start to infringe on the things that we hold constitutionally dear or within our ideological souls, like where we're like, we, we just can't give anymore. But we gave, we gave, we gave. Instead, it's like, we gave, we give you nothing. We give you nothing. And then, and then this causes the other side to have to get more and more extreme. And then what you, what you have is, or there's these two sides that just scream at each other as we get into every time we talk into a political conversation, we talk about this. And one side screaming about all the gun deaths, even though even though that they're, they're they know they're not talking about the right statistics. And the other side's talking about like you're, oh, you know, out of my cold dead hands, as if anyone's trying to take your fucking hunting rifle, right? Or as if anyone's even trying to take your assault rifle. That's not what anyone's even talking about. Yeah. So I wanted to just talk about that because it's 
there are I swear to fucking God there are reasonable people out there and you get the government that you deserve and we ha- we can vote the house out every two years this isn't a, this isn't a ridiculous they're not in there for life but we keep putting the same people in there over and over again the Senate every six years in two year cycles we can do something about this and we can get reasonable Republicans and reasonable Democrats and that's the big thing that I hate too it's like these kinds of arguments make it seem like there are no reasonable Republicans there are millions of us you know mm-hmm. it's just the people you're electing aren't no, it's because they have to they have to appeal to the ideologically crazy people, just like the Democrats have to appeal to the ideologically crazy people. And and in the middle, everyone is left being like, well, I have no problem with the Second Amendment. I just maybe want some legislation that would make it a little easier. And instead of the legislators going in there and being like, well, this is a due, due process, Fifth Amendment infringement. And then they walk back to fucking Texas, wherever they're, they're from, or whatever. It'd be like, OK, this is a due process problem. Can we fix it? And then everyone sits there and like figures it out. Like, can we fix the terrorist watch list? So that it, it, it's within due process. So like we understand how names are added to it. So we understand how you can get off of it. There's an appeals process. It's fair. It's transparent. No, that's too hard. Everyone back to their districts. And then we'll argue about this again next time. You know, with a whole new group of fucking inept asshole morons that are leading us from the White House all the way down. It's infuriating. And I'm so I'm like, that's why I'm saying it's obnoxious. I'm sick of it. So my question point. is why? And let me get it all out. Why are you against the National Gun Registry when my car is registered? And if it's just the fact that there's the registry, well, tell me why is it? Why are you against? If it? states want to have their own registries, I think it's a Tenth Amendment infringement. I think that like the federal government, those should be like if the state of California wants to have a list of everyone's guns or whatever, then that's their prerogative. I just I am uncomfortable with the federal government having so much power that they know like where every gun is. Like, like, I just don't, I don't think that's within the spirit of the, of the second amendment. Okay. Like I don't. So like, but I don't think that that's an unreasonable argument and that's not what anyone's really asking for. Sure. When you're asking for a background check, you're not asking for a registry. I don't think you're a, registry, for a, background a, a registry doesn't solve the problems we're having. No, it tells you where all the guns are oh, now. He, uh, did I, oh, yep. He had that game, gun legally. We knew he had that gun. He went and shot a bunch of people. Glad the registry exists. Like, yeah. I don't think it solves it, but I don't think it's a bad thing to have either. Necessarily. And, if, and if people can trick the background checks, which they can, and if people can do all these things and they still commit those crimes, well, like, at least you put barriers in front of them to make them think or to at least tr- like try. Well, just th- try. Try to figure it out after, based on these failures. But I mean, that's the hard part, right? Is that if, okay, take out, take out the argument of gun control, right? And people still do bad things. How do you solve that? Yeah, it's, it's hard. You don't. You don't, right? Well, you you're always going to have bad it's a case by case basis, right? People's motivations for doing things range and, and they're terrible things and they shouldn't be done. But you can't stop a bad person from doing a bad thing or a person who's in a bad mental state from doing a bad thing. Right. It's just very, very difficult. So I feel like almost the argument, the, the argument's almost um, absurd at this point because I, it really is not addressing the root problem because no one knows really what that root problem is. I think it's, it's a lot of things. I think, it's, you know, maybe it's our policy in the Middle East. Or maybe it's not. I don't know. But. You know, there's a reason why people are psychologically disturbed and going out there and doing this stuff. And yeah, I, I think I think it's a, I think there's a lot of reasons. I think that like we've lo- I, I think there's so many reasons why we have gun violence in the United States. And I don't think, of course, we have guns. So that's going to be part of it. You know, like anyone who's like, well, it's, you, you have a gun culture. It's like, yeah, we have had a gun culture since the 17 fucking 80s. Right. You know, since the 1770s, we have had a gun culture. That's why we won the revolution. That's why, like, we are like uh, we are a, a force to be reckoned with. You know, because because of, of those kinds of things. So there, there is a there's a positivity to it. But I think it's like the destruction of the family. I think it's like the destruction of morality and, and ethical ways of living and like doing what's right. And all I think I think there's so many like issues, you know, and 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 people like point at these scapegoats. But I think it's very similar, very simple. I think it starts at home and I think it starts with the way you're raised. I think it starts with mental health. I think it starts with all those kinds of things, but guns are a component. Anyone who is even pro gun like I am, doesn't admit that like, well, the access to guns is obviously letting people kill people with guns. No shit. 
Sure. Who would like sit here and deny that? But people do. And that's, and that's, <laughs> and that's so, so it's a very troubling kind of thing. And I just wanted to bring that up that like, we, we need to start dealing with these things. Like we are so in, we are in trouble, man. Like I, I don't, I really do not think people understand how much significant trouble this country is in. Like from a, from a fabric standpoint, like we don't do anything anymore. You know, no wonder people like Trump, uh, you know, Trump are doing well with a, with a group of people where it's like, well, like we don't win anymore. We don't, we, we, we're not great anymore. And it's like, well, he is right there. I don't think he's right in like almost anything he says, but I get why that, 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 well, that particular message appeals to people because yeah. it's like, yeah, yeah, like look at these fucking incompetent assholes. They don't do anything. 92% of people want a background check. And you can't even pass it. Nothing is voted up 92%. You know, like nothing is like, like you can't find anything that people agree with. You wouldn't find be able to find 90% of Americans that believe the earth is round, you know? And like, and, and, and they're voting. It's probably true. And they're voting on, and they won't vote on this. And I'm like, yeah, I believe in the tyranny of the majority. I believe that you have to legislate. I think there's a due process issue. Sure. Fucking fix it. Fix it. We pay you all this money. You get paid hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, millions of dollars to your staffs and your office space and your travel. Fix it. Or we'll get someone in there that fucking will fix it. You know, but we don't like there's no threat. Incumbents win in the house all the time. No one's primaried. It's a, it's a, an old boys club and an old girls club. Na- guess what? Nancy Pelosi is going to win. Yeah. In November. And she's going to win the November 2018. She'll win November 2020. And she'll win no matter what. She's going to win until she retires. Well, that's because she has a lot of good points. Nick, what's your topic? Complete polar opposite from the one we just talked about. Uh, I was on the flight back from E3 and the very classic film Kindergarten Cop mm. was ah, on. Yes. Mm. Arnold Schwarzenegger, now, former they, governor. Very he had some right ideas. Uh, great ideas, uh, some bad ideas too. The uh, <laughs> Not as bad as people think. I'll show that we can dive into that on a later one. I'd love to actually hear your opinion on them. Um, my question is, now they've made a sequel to Kindergarten oh, Cop. Oh God. They did. Direct to DVD. Direct to DVD. First story, Dolph Cop. Lundgren, right? Where, where he goes and looks for some and sort Bill of Bellamy. Bill Bellamy was in that? Is, yeah. Did you see this? No, I saw the trailer. Oh, man, we got to watch this. It came out last, on Colin last Greg. month. Um, so my question is, out of all the films they're remaking, why don't they remake Kindergarten Cop? Why can't they give it an actual wide theatrical release? Cast someone amazing at it. Stop remaking things. I don't think make they, new movies. I mean, there's no way they could have captured that magic. That movie Does has it like, something okay, that's so my, special to that's it. That's my question to you. If Should it be remade? No, no, absolutely not. And I'm, no I'm, way. I'm a fan of remakes overall. Right. This though, no, 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 no. Like I remember being a, a wee little lad mm-hmm. watching this movie on the, the late night, like TNT and all that shit, and I was just blown away. That movie introduced me to ferrets. Yeah, I love ferrets. Illegal in California, and just just overall, really? yeah. Oh, trust me. I, every, every kid that grew up in the '90s knows that because not they illegal in Oregon because that movie. They were. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know because my my grand my grand my dad's dad had a ferret, mm-hmm. but that's maybe you know. Yeah, apparently, you say your dad's dad was a ferret. He was also a ferret. <laughs> <laughs> Grandpa. <laughs> the story of that movie, though, I mean, it was it, it just captured you, you know, and just that end part. It was so intense. You wanted to make sure that everyone was okay, and God damn it, Arnold did it. The reason it wouldn't work anymore mm-hmm. is because there's no star in our world of social media and everything else that can make that move and make that pivot and have it be as funny as that was. Because remember, Arnold Schwarzenegger was still coming off of being the Terminator and being all these all, Conan the Barbarian. I, 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 if I read correctly on IMDb, he literally left the shoot to go film a teaser for T2. Right. So this puts it in context as like when this was happening. He was like the ultimate badass, and so there was no look behind the curtain that he wasn't always like that. And so right. for him to come out, like because they opened that movie, and I remember that 
trailer opening very much like he it's his normal the mall shot ass, him, like, yeah he's yeah, gonna yeah. kill all these people and be awesome and then yeah he goes and has to be this like heartwarming kindergarten teacher and he's like the big man struggle with these little kids and like who would do that now boomer. you know what i mean who would do that you don't have something like the rock's awesome everybody knows the rock's right. awesome he's in a you know vin he diesel's done a bunch care. of different things right and none of those had the explosion though no. vin diesel did the pacifier and none yeah, of them you're right none God of them damn. had that kind of crossover <laughs> potential hulk Great hogan did a fucking a, 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 yeah yeah, the, yeah mr uh, nance or no uh, whatever hulk yeah, yeah, hogan yeah. did the nanny movie and then he, he did the he was before, in, he was a Space Man movie, too. He, yeah. But High that was the thing, too, where it's like, that just doesn't... Even then, it was like Hulk Hogan's persona was already so lovable and great mm -hmm. that those movies didn't have those explosive appeal. Mm -hmm. When Arnold Schwarzenegger comes out of nowhere and suddenly is fucking awesome and everybody's like, oh, my God, he's funny, too. <laughs> yeah. I thought he could barely speak, but it turns out he can barely speak and he's funny. <laughs> I'm actually convinced, and, and, and uh, I can't really back this. Actually, I could back this up. I'm convinced he got worse as an actor, as, as it goes. Like, if you watch his stuff now... And then you go back and watch Kindergarten Cop, where he got—he actually had decent scenes in that film. Like I haven't seen it as an adult ever. Yeah. So I'm watching this. And I'm like, these are actually heartfelt scenes where he's emoting and he's had—he he has an emotional range in this. Right. And then you go back later and watch like End of Days or whatever, like the the one he did—he just did where he was like a, a sheriff, a town sheriff, a giant Austrian town sheriff in yeah, Middle yeah. America, <laughs> and he's he's just one note. The entire but you, time. but again, that comes down to the fact of I think like when he's getting what he's getting cast in now is like the Expendables or whatever. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, they're like, all right, be Arnold Schwarzenegger. You know what I mean? Don't you don't need range right. for that or whatever. But it's sad because I feel like he he actually started progressing as he was trying and then realized sure. that he doesn't have to actually try. Well, I think it's just I think yeah, his career. I mean, he just kept getting those roles. It was just be Arnold Schwarzenegger. So that's right. all I used to worry about. Mm. Yeah, I'm just fascinated. I, I, I'm fascinated with you guys' perspective on this because I, you know, you all know that I I love terrible films. Mm -hmm. and, and and in fact, Kindergarten Cop's not my that's my question. Do you guys see Kindergarten Cop in the same light that I do, where I hold it in very high esteem? Like I, think, I think it's a fun that's one of those great movies I was talking to somebody the other night about movies that <laughs> that movies that come on TV and you watch right. you know what I mean that's right. definitely on that list do I think it's like you know Casablanca no. no but is it an enjoyable fun movie what I, yeah. use, what I use the term very high esteem for kindergarten cop <laughs> probably not probably not but it's good yeah. I haven't seen it in way too long but I'm sure I would enjoy it I'm sure that I would actually want to watch it, it comes on TV and I'm like alright this is my afternoon this is totally one of those movies I don't I don't have a crystal clear remembrance of the opening. Like I can tell you what, like the not a tumor and then Dominic, Dominic, <laughs> he's walking, this is the, the guy who's clearly supposed to be Steven Seagal. Right. We can't get Steven Seagal. Put a ponytail <laughs> on that guy. Have him say Dominic, 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 Dominic. You, you don't even remember your dad. Oh my god, I thought was... they were coming back in the back. I <laughs> <laughs> always knew they were coming back in the back. I was watching that trailer for Independence Day, by the way, and and he doesn't say anything like that in the trailer. It's the best. He's Dude, like, no, there's one. No, he's, he's, like, like, he's like, they're coming, they're, they're back or something. But like, we're like, we always knew they were gonna come back in the back. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, Bill I, that's always only lie. Uh, so Nick, this this might warm your heart a little bit. Sure, I don't remember the context. Yeah, but Kindergarten Cop was shown in my film studies class Great. in college. I don't, don't know why, do this, but no, it was, it was. I think it was for something about comedy, probably mm -hmm. about comedic timing and like how to to cut comedy or whatever. But uh, it, it it makes me happy that they see it in high regard. Yeah, you know the school system. <laughs> that's what they're teaching kids now. <laughs> It's just it's it's one of those rare instances. Well, uh, from the '80s, where the absurdity worked, right? Mm. Where it all came together, and because that, that could have been 
a huge disaster, similar to Jingle All the Way, right? Where you were like, what Excuse is happening you, in this Nick. horrible film? Excuse you. Jingle All the Way. Fucking Turbo Time. He's got to get Turbo Man or whatever the fucking doll was. Jingle that's All like the Way the is terrible. Face. And that's the same thing, though, of what it suffered from, is they tried to do it again, of like, all right, we'll put well, him in this. Junior also, right? And Junior, junior was another one of those. Junior, yeah, it wasn't... It was, they were, it wasn't good. No. But I mean, they were stretching and like, let's give you like a real plot to work sure, with or sure, whatever. Sure. You're going to have a fucking baby. That, yeah, that what is, is twins fall in all of this? Oh, I'm sorry. I was thinking twins. Mm-hmm. Oh, twins Junior is later where you, where he became pregnant. Yeah. He was the first man to become pregnant. You're twins right. was the one that You're actually. Right. <laughs> twins had some heart to it because it had Danny DeVito, and Danny DeVito played the, the other side of the gene. Twins board. was two years before Kindergarten Cop. I like to look at them as kind of a trilogy. You know, mm-hmm. you got your twins, you got your kindergarten cop, and you got your junior. It's just, it tells a nice little little story. Which Jingle was, All the Way is when they tried to take it too far. Jingle All the Way was probably the end of his career as we knew it. Like when you, <laughs> So when you look at it, that's, he peaked really with probably... It, junior was probably on the way down. And then when you hit Jingle All the Way, you're just that much closer to end of days. You I think, think I Junior was, was, was when down? I saw in theaters, and it was awesome. Junior, I remember, I, it wasn't for me because I was, was a kid. Weird. But yeah, well, yeah, I know. But that was the thing of like, it was just another one where he... It was simple... <laughs> I just said twins. We're talking about twins. I thought you said junior. I'm sorry. Maybe I, I twins. Don't. I liked. Okay, twins was good. I'm just trying to defend twins. I twins will step the one down. With Danny DeVito. Right, right. It's where they were born, and he and Arnold Schwarzenegger got all the good genes, and Danny DeVito got the leftovers. <laughs> and so, I mean, it's kind of a genius concept, but I, I mean, it had a heart to it because Danny DeVito is kind of a shitty guy, and then realizes that the reason he is because of that is because of genes, and then he can rise above that. He can be better than that. Didn't they make a sequel? They call I'm it Metal sure Gear Solid. Wasn't it triplets? I'm sure I think it was. <laughs> they did a lot of straight DVD Kevin, sequels. Kevin, get on it. Figure it out. I'm on IMDb. All I'm saying is there's that a sequel called Triplets. If they were to remake Kindergarten Cop, starring Motherfucker. The Rock, God damn it. I would have to see that film. I know you would. Or starring Vin Diesel. Triplets is in development, according oh, to this. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, it's Danny DeVito, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Match. Eddie Murphy. Oh, my God. <laughs> the Triplets. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> A lot about science, Kevin. But can we get the minority report on that? According to Arnold Schwarzenegger's 2012 biography, Total Recall, Julius and Vincent Benedict discover they had another brother who also came from the experiment. The other brother is played by Eddie Murphy. Sweet Jesus. Yeah, this is a movie that will never going to happen. No, no. Yeah. But well, just because up. Eddie Murphy doesn't do funny movies anymore. Um, I mean, he does family films a lot, but he doesn't do that specifically. He ain't Eddie. He's not Eddie anymore. That's that's a topic for another day. Because I, I, I used to love Eddie Murphy. And then watching sort of his, not decline, but sort of transition over to family films has been kind of sad for me. Yeah. You're talking about a guy who had probably one of the best biting senses of humor from the 80s and 90s ever. And then he just, a couple things happened to him and he just couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. Unfortunate. Dr. It reminds Google. me of it reminds me of um like Eddie Murphy's decline or like which seemed to be partially like what he wanted uh in a way. Oh, it yeah. seems to be it's it's very similar to Jim Carrey to me, where I'm like, what happened? Mm-hmm. Like, what happened to you? And Adam Sandler too. But Adam Sandler's trying. Like these other two like don't really do much. And yeah. oh, ne- like, Netflix is trying for Adam Sandler yeah. on Adam Sandler's behalf. <laughs> Every fucking time I'm done watching something, you it tries it. to push that stupid Adam Sandler David Spade movie. But have you watched the trailer? No. It didn't look terrible. Really? Yes. I hope it's awesome. Like, also, it like, turns out that's my boy. Turns out Pixel's not as it's bad as everybody worse. said it was. Really? Yeah. Really? Everyone hated that. I, well, everybody hated it without seeing it. Yeah, which was one of those like pot calling the kettle black moments. That's it's like true, it came actually. on TV. I was at, I was at, in Vegas with Poe, and it came on TV, and I scoffed. He's what well, you posts. He's every film and match. Sure. He's like, sure. what you don't like pixels? I'm like, it's. I heard it's terrible. He's like, oh, but you haven't seen it yourself. And I'm like, no. He's like, we're watching pixels. Oh my god, <laughs> you something. And we watched pixels, and I was like, man, this wasn't that. Bad. I mean, granted, I thought it was gonna be I, I trash, like, garbage. You know what I mean? I was like, all right, there's a laugh or two in there. Was it better or worse than Click? It like was click better than Click. Really? Yeah. Really? I didn't like Click that much. So I'll watch Pixels then because I liked Click a lot. 
<laughs> this will be a fun one. <laughs> we should do a commentary. It, oh, yeah, totally. Because it had walking in it, right? Yeah. I was like, wow, he's oh, that true. Yeah, yeah. Going to Bed Bath and Beyond. beyond. <laughs> the scene, the, scene uh, the, the one scene in Pixels from the trailer that made me laugh was the Pac-Man. Pac-Man's dad. Yeah, yeah. Which was like the funniest He's misunderstood. He bites his hand off. Yeah, I mean, my topic, uh, not nearly as deep as gun control, but... I just wanted to. So I, wait, I, we I, come I, to the conclusion. Well, Kindergarten Cops an awesome movie. Well, it's my. Uh, it is an awesome movie. movie. We've, we've I haven't we've seen it in a But I also, I all disagree with you because I feel like if they announced that The Rock was doing Kindergarten Cop, we would all have to go see it. Well, yeah, no, we, we all. See I just it, went and saw Central Intelligence last night. That? The Rock does anything again. I here's the thing I've Fine. I've noticed is I've gotten older. Mm-hmm. I go into movies now with the correct expectation. Sure. So when I went to see Ninja Turtles, Ninja Turtles ended, and me and Tim's brother Greg walked out. We're like, that was fun. All right, a great time. And Kevin came out. It was a bad movie. Like, what did you fucking expect from Ninja Turtles? Mm-hmm. It had Krang in it. Isn't that everything you want? No. It had Krang in it. It had ninjas. I was on this. Rock and Bebop looked pretty exactly. cool. Exactly. Oh, y'all got jokes. But it's, no, if you but need another Bebop, I'm in. <laughs> it's very true, though. I mean, it's similar to the conversation we had after we saw Civil War, right? Where it's like, every movie kind of has its place now, right? And its place, like, the comic book movies specifically aren't necessarily to be great films. They're great popcorn films, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When yeah. you go see it, like... I'm going to go see Baywatch when it comes out. Oh, yeah. Well, that's going to be funny as hell. It's th- that's be different. That's probably a, a bad, funny no movie. No way. Like, like, they're doing a hard that, R, yeah, aren't no, they? That's, like, that's going to succeed right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so maybe maybe it'll be on the level of 21 Jump Street. I think it will. Maybe. That's, really, that's, that's a really, really good call. If they're going to hit that, great. That was uh, but th- to me, I feel like it's going to be on the same level as what Bob and Dave Need a Wedding Date or whatever that movie is with Zac Efron. That's its own tier. That You can tell a movie is... That tier when they're like showing the movie a year before it comes out right. at Comic Con and they're like Zach Efron's going to be like, in a good mm. movie, so let's make sure we show this movie. Exactly. So see it. Yeah. yeah. Although that that looks pretty funny. It, it looks, looks kind of funny. Just pretty funny. It's not right. Mm. But Baywatch though, my money's on Baywatch. But you see, I, I did the right thing with Central Intelligence, where I'm like, I like The Rock mm-hmm. and I like I Kevin, Kevin Hart, Hart and I'm like, I like watching their banter on Instagram. So yeah, I'll go see this movie. And then I was sitting down and I was I talked to the person with them like. What is it? Wait, are people do people like this? She's like, oh no no no, critics don't like oh, this no, movie no, no, at all. No. I was like, oh no. And then I started. I was like, oh, but this is exactly what I wanted out of this. But it's the Rock and Kevin Hart fucking sure. around for an hour and a half or whatever it was. Yeah, it's exactly. Goofy. Like, that's why I like Ride Along. Not a great film, but it's a fucking Ice Cube and, and Kevin Hart fucking around for an hour and a half. It's funny. Yeah. See, I, I, th- I feel like the uh, I, I I've talked about it. I'm keeping this list on my phone. All the movies I've seen this mm-hmm. year, and a lot of it has been that I'll I'll go on Amazon and I'll watch the trailer, or I'll be like, I remember liking that trailer when I saw it. And I'll just jump in and I don't do any research. And then I come on, I was like, I enjoyed that fine. Yeah. I, you know, and I looked yeah. and people hated it. And it's like, well, they're coming at it. A diff- that was their job to go review it or whatever. Or they were super excited for it. It's like with Neighbors 2. I was like, Neighbors 2 looks great. And everybody's like, uh, it's not doing well in the reviews. And I never went and saw it. And I'm like, damn it. I gave up. I should have mm. gone out there because I like all the people in Neighbors yeah. 2. Why wouldn't I like Neighbors 2? The Neighbors but 1. Neighbors 1 was great. Surprising as all shit. Yeah. yeah. Did not expect funny. to like it. It was yeah. funny. Yeah. Neighbors 2. Got that one girl. What's her name? Chloe Moretz. Right. Mm. Hit girl. Big fan of her. Awesome. Yeah. Big Islanders fan. Is she really? Yep. Huge Islanders fan. Yep. Get her on the show. She's going to be Ariel. She goes to like all the Islanders home games. She's going to be Ariel in what? Right. What is Ariel going to be in? Little Mermaid. They're being live action Little Mermaid. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, it's not Disney making it. It's going to be some other Oh my God. It's a whole thing. Also, Colin, at Let's Play Live, did you notice that Nick threw up the LI? No. Yeah. <laughs> every time I came out, I, no, it was just the time we were on stage, but every time I came out, I was trying to throw it out. Just you'd see it, but you're never proud Thank of me. Thank you. No, but I was you're never know. proud of me. You know what I mean. It's too busy getting booed by everyone on the stage. That's not true. We almost won that game. If you'd have just cheated like I told you to, we would have I should have cheated, game. but I don't want to win like that. I don't care. I don't want to win I like that. Totally I don't win like that. When it comes to those assholes over at Funhouse, they can suck it. Yeah, we, yeah I could well I, said, I could. Dick. I could have won. 
but I I chose not to win like that. Mm, mm, fair mm. enough. That's what it looked like. Sorry, Nick. sorry, Greg. Sorry, everybody. I'm so sorry. I'm gonna go pee. This topic <laughs> was brought to you by Harry's. Stop compromising on your shave and get started with Harry's. For far too long, you've either paid too much for a comfortable shave or you settled for a low price but low quality razor. Harry's offers something you've never had before: a great shave at a great price. Harry's makes its own high-quality razors, cuts out the middleman, and ships them directly to you for half the price of the leading brand. Good shave, good price. It's simple. Get the best of both with Harry's. Harry's starter is just $15, and that includes a razor, three blades, and your choice of Harry's shave cream or foaming gel. Which do you prefer and why? Let them know when you order. As an added bonus, you can get $5 off your first purchase with the code KINDAFUNNY. After using the code, you can get an entire month's worth of shaving for just $10. By cutting out the middleman, Harry's offers an amazing shave at a fraction of the price of drugstore brands, and it's always free. This is where I'm supposed to kick to Tim, where he can tell you how he trimmed his beard with Harry's, because he got a free Harry's. But Tim is not here, because he's got a pee. Do you want, me to, you want me to knock on the door with a mic? You'll never make it over there. There's not enough cord. There's not nearly enough cord. Just how, how good right. how how good does Tim's beard look trimmed with it looks Harry's great. razor? Whatever he's doing, do. it's working. So good for him. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. I'm not in his bathroom while he's trimming himself while sure. he's manscaping himself. Do you think he's using the Harry's down there? Uh, I mean, knowing Tim, I have. He's, he's bald from the neck down. Yeah, but he's using the Harry's one the whole time. Probably. Are you using the Harry's just to trim up the beard, or are you going downstairs? So a lot of people have been asking me, Greg. <laughs> At E3, they're like, "Your face looking fresh," and I was yeah. like, "You know why it's looking fresh?" Cause that Harry's razor, I've been using that shit. Look at that. That's a, I, you got a nice line. today, actually. So nobody would know. How, how clean it's None of our kids know. I I, I want to I want to say that I've used it down there, but I also uh, have access to the uh, what is it the uh, Venus razor, which mm, I'm quite fond mm, of as well. Mm, yeah, because they have a lot of lotions on it and stuff like that. Yeah, that's you got to use. We got to you got to do. We got to do down. Are oh, you talking about down there? Down oh, down. There? Yeah, down oh, there. Okay, yeah. No, I haven't. I haven't tried the Harry's razor down there yet. Well, Harry's starter set. It's called the Truman. It's a great option for new customers. An amazing deal. For just $15, you get the razor handle, moisturizing shave cream. There you go. And three of Harry's five-blade German-engineered razors. Plus, there's a special offer for us, as we already talked about. They'll give you five bucks off your first purchase with the promo code KINDAFUNNY. Go to harrys.com right now. Forget the Truman set. That's harrys, H-A-R-R-Y-S.com. Enter the code KINDAFUNNY at checkout to get $5 off and support the show. Stop compromising. Give Harry's a try today. Tim. Yes. What's your topic? So my topic is similar to one we've done before, with a slight little twist on that motherfucker. I like twists. Little lime and twist. So here's what a twist. We we've covered before. If we weren't doing this weird job that we do, yeah. mm-hmm. what would we be? Exact doing? answers. The twist on this Actually. is not what would you be doing. What do you think you'd be good at? Ah, and kind of want to answer for the other people because I feel like you have a good kind of we know each other look at each other, and we know what each other is good at. I said it before on a show. Mm-hmm. I think when we were talking, or Nick was telling one of his stories about how he hated somebody at Olive Garden or something. Yeah. I would be a great waiter. Holy shit! Because I get to turn it on. I get to walk up. I get to be like, "Hey, what's up?" And I do the whole thing where I grab the chair. Oh no! <laughs> don't be that guy. I don't like that. How you doing? You had a good first date. What do you want from Bennigan's? <laughs> let, me, let, let me completely intrude on your. Uh, I want to do this. I wouldn't. I would play it very cool. The, the chair thing wouldn't be happening all the time. So what? But if I had what a are bunch your rules of, then, Greg? Like you, you're a waiter. You come in. Yeah. When do you do the chair thing? I re- I probably would never do the chair thing unless it was a table of youths and I needed to impress them. And I would do it in the way of like. Hey, what's up, fellow youths? I would sit down and be like that. 
Stop. Who wants a beer? And they're all like 11. Like, we can't have beer. I'm like, you want some of the sleepy candy I have? And then they all go to sleep and I'd stand up and go, these kids are dead. Someone get help. Then I take their wallets and I run away. Okay. And they call me the sleepy candy man. It's a long cut. I to see where that was going to go. Yeah. I'm glad but it no, ended I'd be a with good you way. taking their wallets. I'd be a good way because I got good short-term memory, mm-hmm. horrible long-term memory, mm-hmm. but with the reporting, good short-term memory. Right. So I'd be able to go up there. I wouldn't, I, I would eyeball it from a distance. And if I would say, in the granted right now, of course, my waiter level, my r- r- waiter XP is at zero. Mm. Maybe I'm level one. I was a busboy for two days. So maybe I, that works out. You know what I mean? At Ozzy's. <laughs> <laughs> it was at the, I was a bus boy for two days. I was I was a bus boy for two days at Ozzy's. It's okay. the county seat. Is the restaurant? Okay, it's gone now, but it was over there. It was right around the corner from Wayne's, where I, I used to get my haircut in Wheaton. So there you go. Give okay. me all the information for you. Got it. Anyways, I would right now. I feel like I could confidently go up, get your drink order for four, come back, and then get your meal order and not have to write it down. Mm. I feel like I could do it because I get attached to your face. Okay, you want the ham? Well, he wants a hamburger, no bun. Avocado, bacon. See, you think that, but that's my biggest pet peeve when it comes to to restaurants. The second the guy goes, it's all up here. I'm like, this is going to be. But, a this, for, but here we we've been together a lot where that's happened and yeah. it hasn't been fucked up. I mean, it, it fucks up on me all the time. Yeah, me not, too. All not, the time. Not for Greg Miller. Well, it's because you don't order like I do. I'm. You're right. I just want. You're, you're just like, give me a number three. Thanks. Yeah, that's it. That's very easy. When I say like, you know, I want a hamburger, medium well, uh, no bun. Uh, instead of french fries can I get some sort of side salad and with that salad can I have the dressing on the side because I don't like when the salad when they bring the salad at you and it's literally and I would be like sir you can dressing. stop right there I understand I have your order right. memorized but then you go into this narrative about why you want the salad dressing on the side right I may be a waiter but I'm not stupid sir I understand what happens I just feel like you I, I agree with you you would have been a great waiter thank you you would have been a great Personable. server as they call them yeah um, I think that you just you're you're the one thing you would be known for like your Achilles heel would have been the not writing shit down like when everyone talks shit about but you no, that's what I'm when saying you're out front and all the other waiters talking shit like Greg phenomenal people skills needs to stop at the fucking backward chair and needs to write some shit down every once in a while I'm saying though I it, I would start slow on the no on the paperless thing right you know what I mean I'm not just going to a table of eight over there a two top as we call it in the industry as I've learned mm-hmm. well I want to go over that's there right, and be top. like I want to go people. over there and be like hey two let's go do 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 and I'm just bringing everybody just bacon sandwiches. And like, we didn't order bacon sandwiches. We're vegan. And I'm like, I don't know what that means. Like, but it's good saturated fat. <laughs> the problem with Nick, the, the people like Nick, because you, I mean, it's <laughs> so many problems. Yeah, there is. It, Narrow the it, blow, on the big it blows my mind, like how ridiculously intricate you can get with your, your orders. But right. you know what you want. And I sure. respect that. Sure. And it's like, once you kind of understand how your head works, like we could all order for you and get 65% of it right. Sure. Which is impressive because it's really, really intricate. But my thing with you is when you start ordering, it's when the, the numbers change. Like, if you're just like, all right, I want this thing minus a lot of stuff, that's fine. But when you go, is there any way to get a side salad? They're like, mm, the only salad we have is this other fully priced meal. Right. And then you're like, can I get that too? And they give you that look of like, do you really want to pay? That's two entrees, right, sir. Right. But they don't say that because they're not trying to judge you. Sure. That's when you break because like, I see you just give up on doing the math in your head. And you, you always just go to the yep. either... Yes or no, but it's more of like a figure it out. No, no. What Nick's big thing is he'll say it, he'll lock it in, and then we'll go around the table. And by the time that waitress or waiter's like, all right, cool, and time to move. And he'll be like, you know what? No, just nix the salad. 
Uh, but I still like the side dressing over here. You like, got mozzarella sticks. Like, yeah, so that's like, the opposite of a salad. <laughs> right. You love right. your mozzarella sticks. No, I think sometimes I break. Sometimes I go to dinner and I'm like, I just, some mozzarella sticks, you got to have them. You got to right. just, sometimes you got to have some mozzarella sticks. You got to put them on you. the cheeseburger, like I do. Yeah. You do. It's yeah, weird. Do. But yeah, I think and that I that's what's going to throw Greg off. The other thing about Greg, though, is Greg. Greg flirts with all the moms, and they love it. I do. You know, Lorraine's out there, mm-hmm. and she's oh, just you two must be sisters. Old time, and one of them just ancient oh, in a you wheelchair. T- you're totally gonna be the guy that does <laughs> thing that, that you card the mom every time. Yeah, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Even mm-hmm. though she's clearly 65 years old. Yeah, she's like wrinkling away, and has a smoker's voice like B. Arthur. But you're like, no, I'm gonna get your ID. And he just oh, doesn't stop only, too. You're only 65. How crazy is that? He's just like drink after drink, just keeps giving she her is. like glasses of wine. I know she's, she's paying. I know she's and every paying. single time. He's like, let me see that card again. Right. Let me see that right, card. Right, right. She's just do like, I have to do this motion? I don't feel like I'd be doing this motion. I don't feel like this hand thing would be happening. Can I see the card again? And then, you know, meanwhile, you're you're back there just just taking her in the walk-in freezer. Oh, yeah. Just taking her. And then I, mean? I give her some of the sleep candy. <laughs> <laughs> I think we can write it on the yeah, sleep candy. In your, brain, <laughs> in your brain, is the sleep candy just a pill? Is that what it is? No, it's just a mint. It's, oh, it's a mint. Okay. Yeah, a mint. With, with just chock full of no, uh, just, it's just all. No, it's, no, it's just what you want to do. It's a, what I do. Instead of brushing my teeth at night, I take a sleep candy. Okay, cool. You might have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> you might be addicted to... Uh, yeah, you might. Nick, what would you be good at? Um, well, definitely not serving food or waiting tables. I was terrible at that. And, and if you want proof, uh, you can go back to my storied resume uh, and history as a waiter and see that I got fired from every job I ever waited at. Like when you punched the screen that one time. Like when I punched the screen or when I called my manager um, a little bitch. <laughs> he did not like that. I liked it. It was very fulfilling in the moment. Yeah. Not so fulfilling when I was filling out my paperwork on getting my last check and leaving and never going back to that place. Um I don't know. I've never actually thought outside of what I would do in production. I would I would have to stay in production to some degree because uh, I like this way too much to to transition any, over to anything else. I would just miss it too much. Um, I would like to say I'd probably be pretty good in PR, but I'm a terrible uh, speller. So every press release would be so half the PR people. That's fair. <laughs> um, something to do with with relations. I think that would, would be good. You know, like a. I don't know marketing or, or PR, but I don't know. You never, are good I've at relations. Really I hear quite often. Uh, you know, I'm not. Cornhole and 65 year old moms in the walk in the freezer. But you know, everyone's got to have something to aspire to. It's true. It's true. Uh, no, I think you would be good at PR. Maybe. You're right. It's, maybe. it's not so much the like, you couldn't talk on camera. It's like a, amazing that we let you do it. But like, you couldn't do it if you're actually representing oh, a real person. You mean, I, I just, they shouldn't allow me to do it. Yeah, no, 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 no. I'm no. like, I can do it. No, yeah. It's just, yeah, you, you, you're the like type I of guy. To an interview with the guy that, that did Deadpool, and apparently the studio doesn't let him go anywhere without one of the producers. Because he just says outrageous shit. I can imagine. I'm like, that. I could be that guy. Yeah, that's easy. You're the guy that would piss everyone off because they do interviews with them, and then afterwards, everyone's like, "Oh, you can't post that." I was yeah. gonna say that's what it would great. be: is that he would go and he'd be having a great interview, and then stop it, full stop. And like, I don't want, I can't say that. Let's can we dial it back? Right, right, right. There'd be like three restarts, and they'd be like, "These are all live. <laughs> I don't yeah. know what you want to do, sir." <laughs> so you're on TV right now. Oh. So you would need to be the the, the party PR guy, like yeah. the guy that's just connecting people, because you're yeah. good at that. You're like, yeah, you I'm should not good, know. I, you. I wouldn't be great at. Like long term strategy PR, right? Like if you if you're like Nick needs to be the guy that's going to come up with the what is the two year plan for Deadpool two? I'm not gonna, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to be able to do that, right? But when it's we need someone to go to a party and be entertaining with other people and just make everyone feel like they're having a great time, I'm your guy. Totally, I'm your guy for that. So okay, let's let's take this away from the PR thing for a minute. Mm-hmm. Nick's what, what, good at entertaining at parties. Right? Yeah, yeah. That is a fact. If there's so, one thing I know about him, it's that everybody wants him there. Whenever pe- people are having their birthday parties and shit, the number one question is, "Is Nick coming?" Right? Because Nick automatically brings the party up three notches. Sure, I right? Up a notch or two, three. What other jobs 
could that entail? Wedding DJ. That or stripper DJ could have done that too. DJ at the stripper strip DJ actually is a really yeah, good fit for you. <laughs> Let's walk the stage, Cherry. Yeah, it's like, Cherry. <laughs> free. It's like <laughs> buy two lap dances, get one free for the next fifteen minutes. Strawberry dreams. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't know. Uh, I think I can rock it. Containing you to a booth either, is a good idea. Either that, or let's be a hundred percent honest. If we're all, if, if it's just the five of us in this room and no one's listening to this. Something in the in porn, like directing porn, producing porn. I probably would have been really. I don't good think at. you'd be good at it. You don't think so? No, no. You think I get you, too tired of it? Too soon? like it would spoil the one like joy I have in my life. Yeah, no, and so, I think that you're just you're too too deep down the hole of porn. Yeah, that like you wouldn't be able to, you know, kind of properly show the enjoyment of it. Like That's you, fair. you, 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 you think I'd be too, too metaphorical? Too many keywords mm-hmm. to get to the type of porn mm. you would make. You know? Yeah, but see, that's that's where I feel like I would thrive, right? In that instead of trying to be mainstream, I would go very niche, like very, very like like twisted with it, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like just the kind of porn that where people like get the tip of their toe tickled. You know what I mean? That weird shit where you're like, who the fuck would watch this? I would be. You're behind the camera on that. 100. Like this is perfect. This is perfect. Ship it. I do it again. So you're you're like the you know how there's the artsy porn. Yeah, you're not that guy. No, you're the guy. No. You're the actual equivalent. It would still, look, it would still look good. No, it would, but it would be good. somewhere between artsy porn and like eight millimeter, where it's like there's some twisted shit happening, but it's beautifully filmed. Yeah, but I can get into this, but I'm not sure if this is a film or if this is an actual live footage from a crime. Film. Yeah, right. Yeah. Mm. Um, either that or all time goal. If I wasn't doing this, something in the realm. Like I've I've always wanted to do stand up comedy. Always wanted to do that. And I, I don't know why. I find that lifestyle very alluring. Like the idea of touring around, sleeping in shitty hotels, not getting paid anything, and just going out there and talking to people and making them laugh. I've always loved that concept. But I don't like have the balls for that. That's the problem. I just worry about your rage. No, when but you do get a heckler and you climb off stage and oh, beat rage. them senseless. Yeah, I don't, I don't like worry it. about your age. Oh, no. Well, there's, like, oh. there's a problem there, too. But I think the rage would be fine because people get famous for um, fucking up hecklers. So I think I'd be I, that would actually help. Elevate, elevate my stand-up game. Nick Scarpino, not that funny, but goddamn if he doesn't just jump off the stage and spear right. people. Watch <laughs> him fuck up his own hand. Go get your face. manager, <laughs> sir. He's just he's just here watching the show. It's very true. Colin, what would you be good at? I don't know. Some sort of. I want to be a man of leisure, retired, money. <laughs> that's not a career. That's, you know, that's, not, that's what that I'm going to be. Is a man of leisure. That's my answer. Uh, if I had to have a real. Uh, Profession. I don't know uh, something in politics probably, but uh, behind Ooh. the scenes, um, Toby Ziegler. I think I'd obviously be a, like a campaign a pretty manager. Good, or not. I, I think I'd be a good strategist. I think um, or advisor. A whip. A whip. Yeah. Whip. Whip. It's an elected position. Yeah. Um. Well, you have to be elected, and then you're, you're chosen you by your it, caucus. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, so I think political strategy would be good. I mean, obviously, I was going to be an historian. I think I'd be good at that. I, I think there's a, there's I think I'd be good at a, a, a few things. Pretty good at it. Probably maybe even better than what I do now. You know, I I think like can't get any worse. No, can't get much worse. Bottom of the barrel. Uh, but in terms of like, if I was on, if I worked for like a big campaign or whatever, I bet you I'd be pretty good at it. Oh, Um, I guarantee you would. But uh, you know, like uh, like uh, some sort of advisor, some sort of like strategist about like what you should, how you how to win. I can see you working for that next libertarian that has no shot of winning, but we're all like right behind. You know what I mean? (laughs) No, thanks. I wouldn't work. I would only work for major candidates, of course. Really? Uh, that's how it works. Yeah. No, you don't. You don't start. You know, on the, on the Romneys before you work your way up. But um, yeah, I don't. Know. I think that that's something I'd want to do. Um, I mean, obviously, I, I. I mean, my dream still is to be a writer, like a real. Like, I am a writer, but like to be, you know, to write for a living, mm-hmm. to like write books. 
And I think I'd be um, obviously, uh, I think I'd be good at that too. I, I think I think it's just I think it's just a matter of finding the time to do those kinds of things. But if if given the option, if they're like, well, can you just map out like what your perfect life would be, like what a perfect life would be for Colin? I'll be like, international man of leisure, few million bucks in the bank. Right. That's all. Have like he's good, not greedy. Have some good income come in, couple hundred thousand dollars a year. It's fine. It's coming off your IRA. Uh, no, I got my IRA. Maybe, already, own, some, maybe it, own some properties. Yeah, there. maybe I you know I may, I own a house somewhere on Long Island sure. maybe, and I write. And I'm and I do very random public appearances to like sign books or something like that. But otherwise, mm-hmm. I just live my life and I do whatever I want. And I, I'm not living like the highlight. I'm not traveling over the world. I'm not spending millions of dollars. But I'm yeah, comfortable. You'd be like um, uh, Cash in the Rye, uh, uh, JD Salinger. Yeah. So you look, you know maybe you, people have seen you twice. That's it. Yeah. No one knows if you're alive or dead. Still, it's a great JD keep... Salinger documentary about someone. I, I've like, been meaning to watch that actually, but it's it's, uh, it's pretty good. But uh, um, yeah. So I, I that would be my my ideal life is like you know just enough money to be comfortable. To own a house, like mm-hmm. on a on property, to make you know, to have some steady income and write or whatever, and to basically just be left alone, except for the people that like I like want to hang out with or whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. like that would be. And I know it sounds curmudgeonly, whatever. That's like really what I want, and that's that's kind of still my goal. Like I'm that? dead serious. Like I want to like I want to retire young and like disappear. I really do. Like th- th- that's like not a joke. And you know, like and I I hope I'm able to do that it's one. Not day. a bad goal. Yeah. It's not a bad goal. Like people are like, I wanna, you know, retire and you know, or like I wanna work I can't imagine not working or like I get bored or whatever. Like mm-hmm. I don't I'm like I'm good. Like I, I wanna work really hard and like make a small amount like small sum of money that I can live on and just live a modest life <clears throat> on my own. Like with like my family and my loved ones and good friends and that's cool with me. I'm not like out for fame or for like fortune or anything like that at all. Like it's it's cool. So you know, I'm blessed to be able to do what we do, and I think I'm super happy doing it. But like, like I don't, I like if if someone was like, you know, you could have this very comfortable life, but you have to give up the fame eventually. I'd be like, that's you know, like the fame, and I use that in quotes of like what we have mm-hmm. on the internet. I'd be like, that's fun. You know, like that's cool. Yeah, I've I've always thought. I mean, stories obviously for you would be amazing, but I'd love to see you working for a developer, like writing the story or, or helping to produce a game. I, I do think like I will you, write I feel a like game you would one thrive day. in that culture. I think either that or you'd go. It would turn you insane. Because you like the the, the 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 endless possibilities of the story, you'd be like, I can't do this, I can't do this, and then you're, you enter the matrix and you'd be gone forever. Yeah, my thing, with, uh, this is a, it's a cop out answer to say like, oh, if you weren't doing this, I think you should be a writer. But like, really, I think that your skill is there, and I think specifically about picking something very specific, like your history of developer pieces, right? Taking something specific within a broader whole and like really focusing on it and writing about all of the minutia of it. I think you have a unique skill of that where it's just like you kind of get in there and you give people all the information that they never thought they'd ask for. But then you make it interesting. And I think that's the the real key skill that you have is that you have a um, a key sense of like telling a story that other people wouldn't even necessarily think is there. You know, like mm, thank you. Sony Bend, right? History of Sony Bend. Who would be interested in that? Then they read it and then they're like, oh, now Sony Ben means something to them. And I think that mm-hmm. that's a, a really cool thing you got going for you. Yeah, thank you. And I, 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 I'll be able to talk about it more soon, but, um, you know, I am developing a book. So, and we'll talk, we'll talk more about that soon. I mean, it's, it's off the ground and it's going. So, but I'm not, uh, I'm not going to talk about it until it's uh, a little further along. That's exciting. It's not what anyone's going to think it is. People, because people are getting excited. It has nothing to do with video games and it's nonfiction. That's all I'll say about it. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I think you'd be good at laying track for the railroad. Thank you, Tim. What do you? What would you do? That's true. Appreciate that. No problem. I'm thinking about this. Steel driving about this a lot, and it's very specific. But I think that I would absolutely nail this. 
fireworks programmer mm. at Disneyland. Yeah, you would kill that job. Nope. No way. What do you mean, no? You you need to thrive. You need to be in front of people. You can't go behind the scenes and let your, you just let the sparkles work. No. Okay. There's a, there's a couple things here. I, I get what you're saying, but I'm talking about like if I couldn't do that. Like that that's the thing. It's like I have to give up the whole right, thing. Tim, Tim's on his way to being an internet sensation. Yeah. You're saying we can't do that. I'm what else would we do? I'm just saying like what I think he would be great as is he would be a good correspondent for the local news. He'd be the excited one that everybody really likes. You're not anchoring the local mm-hmm. news, but you're out there like, hey, we're at Millie's Quilt Shop. Hey, Millie, how long have you been working today? Where's, <laughs> great. Where's Millie's Quilt Shop? I it was in Columbia, Missouri, and oh I did God. cover it for the Columbia Daily Tribune. Wow. <laughs> you lived a whole other like, life before you came to us, Greg. I feel like that's too close to what I do now. It's pretty much exactly what I am to you. Okay. okay. You know, I'm not good enough to be the oh, actual anchor. No. So I'm here just fucking excited about things, which I, is totally fine. I like that. I And, I, and Sean Finnegan has mentioned this before. But I shout out to Sean Finney. He likes hiking. But and I totally agree. You would make an amazing studio exec. I agree. An amazing studio. <laughs> like you're the kind of guy that's like like when people go, how the fuck did a movie called The Fast and the Furious get made? And why are there eight of them now? You look in the credits and executive producer would be Tim Gettys because you would put you would put that package together so well because you'd be like people are like Tim, this doesn't make any sense. You're like, no, or does it? Or does it make all the sense? Take Vin Diesel, take fast cars, make them superheroes, make the story make no sense, but more fast cars, boom, poster, Fast and Furious 8, mm. done. Mm. Billion dollar idea. <sighs> you're right. But I'm going back to the Disneyland. Sorry, right, you're, you're at Disneyland, but, you, gotta, you, got, you got a hat on, you're in a wife beater, it's all filthy, you're drinking a Miller High Life while these things explode. Tell that's, me that's, that's the local, sound accurate That's like the all. carnival, right? That's not, Disney, that's not how Disney rolls. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know. I'm just no, assuming. Cool yeah, no, he's behind the, he's behind the castle facade. Hitting the button and then just. Pss, pss, I want to hit the button. I don't want. I don't want to do that. I want to actually program it. I want to actually make the show. Because if there's one thing I realize I'm good at, it's hype. I you like are good at hype. You are good at hype. So it's just like again, maybe stripper DJ. I mean, that's DJ the strip club would be amazing. DJ, I'd be yeah. pretty good at bringing intro, cherry out. Intro cherry. Cherry. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> Why is this like Crystal. this? Is, this is <laughs> <laughs> the names are lazy. The delivery is lazy. <laughs> Put your hands together for strawberry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's it. What would your fireworks show look like? I don't know. I mean, it depends on the season, Greg. Don't be stupid. My apologies. Obviously, you need to change. Right now, we're going into summer. Whatever. Really. We're going into summer. That means Stars you have to, you got to go back to the classic thing. So right now, they're doing the 60th anniversary shit, which is their default. Now, I'd bring back the forever show, but I want to make some updates and stuff. But the thing is, I'd, it's it's more about the sequencing. It's more about the like <coughs> telling a story through this like 20 minute thing mm-hmm. with the fireworks mm-hmm. and the projections on the stuff mind. and it the water. It was for 20 minutes? Oh, yeah. Yeah. The long shows. God. Yeah. But or like it doesn't need to be the fireworks show in particular. Like something like World of Color. Just one of the shows. I, I think I'd be really good at that shit because all it is is making a 20 minute long hype video using things people <laughs> remember and nostalgia. And I'm like, yeah. all right, cool. That's pretty much my life in a fucking nutshell. You gonna put Sebastian in there? He'll he'll make an appearance. You gotta have under the sea. But it doesn't even need to be Disneyland. That's the thing, is I, I any of this stuff. I just like the idea of fireworks, all it is is hype. I don't like Fourth of July fireworks. You can get That's the bush fuck league. out of here. That's yeah. a bush well, Okay, music. so yeah, bring me. I don't like fireworks. Really think yeah, they're dumb and boring. Let's, let's back oh, up. Back have, you seen a, have you seen a fireworks show at Disney before? Yeah, when I was a kid. Okay. But when I'm driving it, you're saying insane. you don't want to go. You're saying not just Disneyland. Where else would you be doing it? Are you doing this at the Giants game? Uh, no, because that's the thing. It's not about the fireworks in particular. The fireworks are just a tool that are part of the whole thing, kind of the whole vision. Yeah. It's really more about there's the like lasers. There's water that you get to use. There's all the elements. Really. I'm talking about like, I honestly, what it comes down to is I want to edit a dope ass video. Yeah. Music and video. Right. That go together. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, all the other stuff just kind of accentuates it. You know, imagine kind of funny live with fireworks. That's what I want to do. Okay. 
then make the kids happy. Right. Make I, millions of motherfuckers happy. Happiest place that. on earth. I want to be that guy. I want to be the guy making the memories. We call him Captain Happy. We will call him Captain Happy Prince from now on. No, Captain, I like better. Okay, fine. I apologize. That topic made me happy, and it was brought to you by Blue Apron. I actually have used Blue Apron. You have. They gave me buffalo chicken sandwiches on my first visit, which I was like, yeah. yeah what is they know you, Greg? Blue Apron's mission is to make incredible home cooking accessible to everyone. For less than $10 a meal, Blue Apron delivers seasonal recipes along with pre-portioned ingredients to make delicious home-cooked meals. New recipes are created each week by Blue Apron's culinary team and are not repeated within a year. Customize your rep- recipes each week based on your pre- preferences. Jesus. Choose delivery options to fit your needs. There's no weekly commitment, so you get deliveries when you want them. Each meal comes with a step-by-step easy to follow recipe card and pre-portioned ingredients that can be prepared in 40 minutes or less. Uh, check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with shipping by going to blueapron.com slash greggy. Uh, you will love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron, so don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash greggy. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Are we saying goodbye to you, Nick yes, Scarpino? You're going apologize. to VidCon? I'm we'll see you to tomorrow. I'm going to VidCon early uh, to see at Scarpino Man for a little bit and hang out with him. So. Maybe we'll be on Midlife Ballers. Maybe we won't. We'll see. I hope so. We'll I see. So. Thank you. This is a good podcast, guys. It is. Thank you. The last topic's going to be garbage without you, but I love you. Fair good, good I will see you guys tomorrow. Without All right. you. All right, my topic. First off, my topic's brought to you by patreon.com slash kind of funny. Before I even get to those, I want to thank everybody who supported us last month. Tim was getting ahead of it there. There it is. These are all the people who supported us for this. But thank this you. topic comes from patreon.com slash kind of funny. Also, Nick No, we say goodbye to him. When you were in the bathroom. Oh, you did? Yeah. Everyone's aware he's gone. I had a poop. You okay? You feeling okay? Feeling better now. Thank you. No problem. You, do we have to worry about like an issue? You, gotta, you, no, you okay? okay? Okay. I think so. I don't want it to be one of the bad ones. I need to get the bad ones every so often. Mm. Okay. This one's brought to you by a very specific Patreon uh, supporter. This is Rick Argomanias. Manas? Argomanas. Argomanas. Mm. We supported us on Patreon.com. So it's kind of funny. His topic read. His topic is Fear. What are the things that put your gooch in a twist? Public speaking, clowns, failure, complex carbohydrates. That would have been Nick's. Have your fears ever (laughs) held you back from doing something you wish you would have done? Thanks, best friends. Rick. Thank you, Rick, for supporting us on patreon.com slash kind of funny to get your topic read. Guys, what are you afraid of? To get ahead of it, I don't. I'm not feeling like I want to get emotional today. So I'm just going to say losing my family. That is hands down my greatest fear. Sure. Moving past that. I don't know. I don't necessarily know that I have those types of fears. Like talking about the public speaking and all of that. Sure. It's been interesting for me because I, you know, obviously I have experience speaking in front of people, but doing it on a, such a grand scale recently, we've had it a lot kind of funny live the final fantasy event that we did. Sure. Let's, let's play, play live. And so many people ask me like, are you nervous before you go on? And it's weird because I'm not at all. It's definitely like I'm overwhelmed with what would be nerves. There's more excitement. And it's like, uh, just adrenaline, you know? Yeah. And that kind of like overrides any nerves that would be there. However, this time playing, doing let's play live, we actually had to play games that got me more nervous oh, really? than speaking ever would. Interesting. Um, I wasn't scared of it necessarily, but you know, in the, in the realm of like, I don't think people are actually scared of speaking for, I maybe, I guess some people are, Yeah, I'm not scared of it, but it, it did get me way more nervous than, any of the other things there's an added pressure to it right yeah yeah there's something else that's out of your control something else to be judged on exactly you go out there and you know that you can speak and be funny and move around and you remember whatever point you need to hit yeah but in a game anything can happen yeah and it was weird because i i like call more i knew gang be somehow i I knew that it was an issue because after i did murder i did it's a counter-strike mod yeah so it's on pc my muscles in my forearms 
was really tense afterwards. And like even the next day it kind of hurt. I was like, damn, I, I guess I was like really kind of sure kind of in there. Now the G is there. You're not working out those forearms mm-hmm. as much as you used to. No, no, no. Especially yeah, whatever. I'm not going down that hole, but uh, <laughs> a couple holes I did go down. Oh, anyways. Uh, so yeah, I don't know if it's necessarily fear, but it, it is that kind of anxiety and just uh, adrenaline, spike. adrenaline, but the, in, in a scared type of way, you know? Sure. What about you guys? I mean, for me, it's my cancer coming back. Mm-hmm. I always talk about it that like, I think I would say I would say I wasn't fearless in a way of like I'm like the man without fear but I don't worry about death and I'm like I'm on a plane I'm not worried about the plane going out I'm not worried about public speaking I'm not worried about looking for stupid in front of people you know because a long time ago I had embraced all that that I'm going to look stupid in front of a lot of people and that's just who I am and how that works and so like you know I don't I know that you know you're talking about your family but like I'm so distant from my family already like I don't get me wrong I don't want anybody to die or anything like that but it's not like that it's more like I think about every software like man Sometimes like I'll miss a phone call from my dad. That's off cycle. It's not on a Sunday. And I'm like, that could be, I got to check that voicemail right away. That could be something's wrong with him. You know what I mean? That's a weird thought, but it's not a fear as much as it's like, oh shit, that's a, that's a reality I live in where I have to be aware of that kind of thing. And that can obviously happen to anybody, but as your parents get older, as you get older, you start to worry more about that, I guess. But again, worry, not necessarily fear, if that makes sense. I don't know. Um, But I always go back to the whole cancer thing of like, when I got cancer, I was so naive about what I was getting into. And I was all like, I was breaking the news in funny ways to people on the phone and I was put up a funny blog post. You know, I made, you know, I remember telling people crying when I told people at IGN about it. I'm like, ah, oh, don't worry. It's not that bad. You know what I mean? Don't worry. 80, 86% survival rate. Da, 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 da. And then to get there and go through it and learn about how fucking horrible it was and like how rough chemo was and all the horror stories that I've told over and over and over again, whether it's here, or that episode of dancers over on giant bomb and stuff like that, like to go through all of that. And like, you know, a month and a half in when like my, third or I guess well, maybe it's two months in but third or fourth chemo to turn to Christine and break down in tears and be like this isn't fun anymore and I'll never forget her going like when was this ever fun you know what I mean but for me it was this new experience and I was going to do this and I thought I was going to get to play Vita and not have to worry and I feel bad that I was missing emails or missing work that it was like everyone's like you're approved to, to go do whatever you do here and fuck off and not worry about it and then get there and not have it be that now now if I was to get cancer again like to know that's what's coming. I would handle it in such a different way. Like I would ghost from here. I would not be a part of it, but I also doing it, doing working through it, you know, gave me something to be motivated for and take my mind off it and make it go faster, I guess. So maybe that's not the right thing either, but those would be the things to struggle with of like going right into it and being like, oh, I need to get a port right away. And I know I'm going to do this and I know I'm going to be like knowing that all the, knowing what probably is going to happen that I'm going to get really angry. And like, you know what I mean? Like I'm going to be, un- un- I'm not gonna be able to control or console myself at times and all these different things. Like that's scary and frustrating. And that's what I'm afraid of is like knowing it, no- knowing what I'm up against would be the problem, especially as hard as chemo is and all that stuff. Like I, if I was to get that, like, well, I mean, uh, a couple I don't know months ago now, maybe years ago. It's all such a blur. Like there was a point where I remember my lymph nodes got swollen again. And I was like, like, you know, I went to the doctor and they already gone back down, but to sit down and go through it. And like, it was like, that was like that gut check moment. Or I think I I teared up right away when I realized it might be, it might be happening again. Whereas like with cancer, you know what I mean? Getting the diagnosis. It was like the first time I read through the paperwork, like before it was an official diagnosis where it was like all signs point to cancer. I remember tearing up and then it passed and I was like, all right, I'll be fine. And I looked at Wikipedia da, da, da. and then the first time I cried with cancer is when I came home from that first chemo and I broke down, you know, in my room bef- between the bed and the bathroom or whatever. And it was just like, fuck, this is going to be a lot tougher than I thought it was. So to know that from the get go to have no real hope, you know what I mean? Like that'd be the end. I can, I would be fucking destroyed. And that's what scares me. Colin. Um, 
I don't know. I, I, I fear a lot of things. Uh, I fear my own health issues for sure. Um, uh, not so much my skin cancer that because that went away and that was whatever, but more like my stomach and my colon and stuff like that. Like I do have serious issues and and uh, they can get really bad. So you know, every time you like go and get an endoscopy or a colonoscopy or something like that, and they find something new or you expect that they're gonna tell you I have like colon cancer or something. Because my grandfather died of colon cancer too, so it's in us. Is the is the diagnosis on that still just a shrug? What do you mean? I feel like it was misdiagnosed for a while. I came back. It wasn't celiac. But where are we right now? They just. Oh, I have, I have like IBS and um, I have like stomach ulcers and stuff like that. Um, I just have to monitor it or whatever. It's all mental, too. It's like it has nothing to do with the food yeah. that I eat. Um, and I don't mean it's mental as in it's like doesn't exist. I mean, it's like mentally caused. Sure. Um, because what they I think are realizing is that I've just I can eat whatever. doesn't matter. Like doesn't help probably but it's not like it's, they're like what exacerbates it and i'm like just stress it's very predictable um i fear in a way like i like to win um and i like to like be the best at whatever we we like do so whether it's our podcast or our videos or like when we used to write and i have a very competitive streak and like professionally and personally and so like i don't like to lose and i fear losing and i fear failure um but i think that also bleeds into my personal life where i feel i fear loss just generally like i fear bad things happening to me i i, I have a hard time living in the moment so like when i have you know i have a fantastic relationship um with aaron for instance and like i fear losing it for no reason you know like just because i'm like this is so much better than everything that i've i've had and like makes me happy and all that kind of stuff and so like you know you fear losing it or like same thing with kind of funny with like uh we're doing so well you know personally and financially or whatever it's like you fear losing it. You, I don't live in the moment. So I have a lot of fears of hypotheticals as well that you can't control. Um, and uh, the fear that's, I think most pertinent to the audience, I think is probably my fear of like being in public. Like I don't, and it's not, and it's so funny because I don't fear like people are like, Oh, like I'm not like a shut in. Like I don't mind being out. I don't, I can be in a football stadium full of people. I don't care. It, it's just like, I don't want people to know who I am. Yeah. When the, when the stadium's there for you. And I felt that like kind of, it was, I was very, it was very lonely actually uh, after let's play live for me. Cause um, a lonely feeling because I just didn't want to be there, you know, after, after like, like to do the meet and greet or whatever, not because I don't appreciate the fans or whatever, but because I'm like, I just don't, I don't like this part of it. You know, um, I don't want to like let people down and disappoint them or they don't, you know, they don't, they're disappointed with the version of Colin. That's the real Colin or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I just kind of retreated from that. And, and it, and it makes me sad because like, I, I've reflected to this to people in the past, my parents and to Aaron and to others where it's like, um, I wish I enjoyed it like you guys enjoy it because I think it would be fun. It's just like I don't I enjoy the procedure of getting to that point. And then once we reach that point, I'm like, I'm good. Um, And you know what I mean? Like where it's like I like doing the I like doing the content, the content. I like I and people are like, are you afraid of like, how do you deal with being on stage? I'm like, I don't being on stage doesn't bother me. You can't get to me like, you know, like, like I'm doing it for everyone or like being on camera doesn't bother me at all. I don't care about that stuff. But once I'm in surrounded by people in a very unorganized kind of way and they want to meet you or shake your hands, or whatever, I'm like, I got to go. And I, I definitely felt that overwhelming fear where I kind of like beelined out of there, you know, mm-hmm. and people definitely like look at you like they want to talk to you or say something. And it's just like, I got to go. Thank you. Like, you know, and I don't want to be that way, but that's who I am. So I think in terms of like my day to day, like as we get bigger in quotes and like and weren't more famous in quotes, um, I'm going to become more and more reclusive uh, professionally, which I think is the way it is. As people who know me, you guys know me, people know me. Like, I have no problem going to a crowded bar or like going to a restaurant with people. Like, I just don't. I don't what I'm noticing in my real life. And I don't, I don't know if you guys notice it too, is like it's bleeding totally into my real life. Like, um, like I'm recognized like often like outside of, um, outside of like gaming conventions, gaming conventions or like gaming places. Yeah, it's or when people are in San Francisco where I'm like, I, 
uh, I'm eating on at a restaurant on the side of you know Hayes or whatever, and like a guy stops to say hello to me or whatever, or like I'm in Vegas and just at a casino and a guy says hello to me or whatever, and I appreciate it. Like no one's doing anything wrong, and I, and it's not that I don't appreciate. It, it's just like there is part of me that's like I this is only going to get worse, so. I have to either learn to enjoy it, which is hard for me, or I have to learn to embrace the fact that like, I'm going to lose some of my own freedom by like not being able to do things anymore. Um, not that I'm like Brad Pitt or anything like that, but like in sure. terms of like going to E3, like, I can't have a normal E3. I can't have like a normal comic con. I can't like, and um, it's, I don't want to sound ungrateful because that's not, you guys know me. That's not the case. It's just, uh, I'm very trepidatious with the, uh, with the outward facing like fame aspect of it, of shaking hands and signing things and taking pictures, or whatever. Like I just, uh, I don't know. It's just not for me. So I think that like I fear that and I fear that component. Um, but I also long to to um, to appreciate and enjoy. Well, I appreciate it, but to enjoy that component more mm-hmm. as well. But I just don't know that I'll ever get to that point. Tim, has your fear? I mean, that's a pretty good example for him. But held you back from anything? Held me back? No, I mean, if anything, like like going back to my mom, it's like, you know, that just pushes me forward sure. to do more, you know, and then I, I feel like that. I don't know. It's weird. Fear. It's an interesting thing to think about because it's like I'm really trying to come up with like what am I most scared of? And it's like that. It's definitely my mom and brother. But like that stuff does just push me to be me more than I am, mm. you know, um, to do better and to to make them proud, you know, sure. and kind of create all those moments. I think that really the the biggest like, I'm not I'm not really scared of failure because I like I feel like, again, all that other stuff just motivates me to to keep going. And at least so far, it's worked really well. Um, and I feel like, you know, I've surrounded myself with people that want to keep pushing forward and are pulling me up and are pushing me forward and all this stuff. And it's, it's been, it's been good. You know, I, I feel like I've really kind of created a, a good scenario for me to not have much to be afraid of. Um, and I'm very thankful for that. You know, I'm thankful for people like Kevin who have always been there and it's like, don't really feel too much need to be afraid of things when I have somebody that I know will catch me. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's a big part of it. And, uh, I guess like really the, the biggest fear in terms of failure or whatever, it's like, I'm more scared. Uh, like I know kind of funny is fine. Like I know we're good, like, because we, we are us and we're doing stuff. And it, I know that I believe in all of us individually and all of us as a whole, my biggest fear is us like getting fed up with each other and like oh, sure. us like wanting to splinter. Cause like the moment we have a, a Beatles moment where we decide to go solo, I mean that that's going to fuck up everything. Yeah. You know? And like that honestly is my, my biggest fear in terms of us. It's like, is you leaving? Is you wanting to just do your own thing? Cause you totally could, you know, and I feel mm-hmm. like all of us could do our own thing, but you are the one that like, if you decided to say, fuck it, I'm just doing me. You'd be great. You know, now it, it wouldn't be, it's a cart and horse thing. And I believe that too. I mean, trust me. I know. Like, I, I know the opportunities. I, I know what we guys. all do for each other. And I know that it totally is a, we all benefit and help each other and pull each other up and all that stuff. But it's like, um, it, the moment that you're not fully behind me is going to be horrible. And I, I don't ever see it happening, but yeah. that is my fear. You know, if I sure. was to be scared of something, it specifically would be you leaving us. Sure. No, that's a great example. I worry about Colin leaving or us getting fed up with each other and getting in a giant fight about something stupid. And then we, you know, that this gets all fucked up because it is that thing where we're all friends. And so there is that part where it's the business side and the friendship side. And like, I think we escalate and yell quicker than we should and treat each other differently than we should. If it was like we got hired out of a place, <laughs> but in the, here we are in the muck and the shit right now for the five guys. Who are Do you really worry this. about me leaving? I'm not going to leave. I mean, I worry about, yeah, I worry about you and I getting into, you know, irreparable harm arguments and stuff like that, where we say something stupid and that's a big thing. 
I mean, we, we all have to learn how to talk to each other. We're not good at it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, think, I mean, I'm not yeah. gonna leave. I'm I'm loyal. Like that's the that's no, the I know one, you're no, loyal. No, 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 no. That's, but that's that's the thing I take a lot of pride in is like for all the negative aspects that I guess I have, which is you know some I guess, but I am a loyal person and like I do what I say I'm gonna do. So you know, I mean, I founded this company with you guys and I'm not gonna go anywhere. You know, you might kick me out one day, but you know, I'm gonna have a nice little golden parachute that Kevin will help pay for. Thanks, Kevin. Um, so you know. Uh, that's that's yeah could anything happen i suppose yeah but this is what i do you know and uh i feel in a much more stable and emotionally happy place than i've been in a long time i think it shows i mean i'm always gonna be colin always been colin since you've met me but um but i think that i'm in a good place where but my fear like like that's the thing is like i want to win i like to win like that's what i really like to do and like we i wouldn't have done ps i love you for instance like and like really helped push for that if i didn't think we were gonna be number one like I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been so pro, pro over the top with our Patreons and like really like supported this thing that you guys wanted to do, even though I didn't, it didn't make much sense to me if I didn't think we could be the biggest Patreon or like to make the most money or whatever, you know, like on Patreon, like I want, I like pushing everything to the extreme in terms of that way where like we are, we are dominant in some way. And yeah. I think I, and I, I like that. I like, I think I add to that. So like I would never, I would feel like if I were to ever leave that it would not be the right look for me or the right look for all of us. I would never do that to the company because could you survive without me yes you wouldn't be able to do maybe ps i love you anymore and stuff like that but like or you'd have well, the show like dramatically different, right yeah. and it wouldn't be as good as everyone knows that but <laughs> but uh but i feel like I, I the additive nature of what i bring to the table especially with like my expertise my knowledge of games and all those kinds of things i think like that's that's not that's not right like any more than like if tim left and we lost his business acumen and its ability to do these shows and stuff like that it would suck for everyone and you like would he do that to everyone like that, that's my whole thing is like i wouldn't do that you know Unless I became like truly miserable and even though we play it up a lot, I'm not miserable at all. So it's like, you know, um, you don't have to worry about that. You know? Yeah. Are things getting more real between everyone? Yes. But I think that's the nature of relationships all the time. Yeah. And I feel like I feel like that's I, I mean, I, I that's why like I just think that we don't manage our time properly, you know, like and we don't manage like the way we're together properly. And that's things we've talked about in the past, like where the, those things can be alleviated by just being together less. You know, then you want to be with each other. Then you want to see Kevin and Tim and, and me and, you know, like, sure. So it's like, well, I think having a fucking office is going to help. That's, I think we, so we'll too. be able to check out. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm so done too. with work today. I'm going home. I don't, I don't have to see everybody. What's funny to me is it's like, you know, our job is communication. Our job is literally talking to each other. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we're so bad at it. Every Monday, 9 a.m. Love and sex stuff. It's about communication, every relationship. And it's just like, it's so funny that somehow we're so bad at it on an individual basis. And when you put all of us together, it's just like even worse you yeah. know and i feel like that just kind of makes it all really bad where it's like it's it's not even so much that the time together is bad just that when the time together gets so strenuous it's like then we don't want to be with each other then it turns into like a eh. you know one person says one thing that hits you the wrong way and then it's like all right do i engage or do i just let it happen you know and that's mm-hmm. that's it gets really complicated i do think an office is going to help a lot but again that's what really kind of goes back to the fears of like what are the steps that cause things to crumble. How do I avoid that? Yeah. You know, and I feel like I've had to think about that a lot more than I would have ever wanted to, or, you know, I'd much rather focus on how do we build instead of how do we sure. not destroy, you know? Um, but both are important. They are. I both mean, are you can't important. build without the, the foundation, but then it just, it gets, I it think, gets rough. It gets r- like really rough. This whole thing. I've never expected so many of the issues that we have to have come up and I have to deal with them. This is like, it's a lot, you know, mm-hmm. 
Um, and I, I'm scared that eventually something will come up that I won't be able to deal with because it is out of my hands. I mean, that's the thing is like when we're dealing with five people that have completely different, you know, perspectives and they all believe more than anything that they're right. It really becomes a matter of who's going to fight for it the most. And when you fight fights, cause problems, you know? Yeah. What I found in self-reflection for myself is a, f- a few things with our company. A is that like, I don't think it's as bad as it seems like, like what, 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 when we talk about these things and people are like, Oh, they're falling apart. It's like, no, we're not. Like it's just it's just uh, the reality of business, um, especially when you mix business with pleasure, or business with friends, or business with uh, real life things. Um, but in my own way, like the the things that I can control, like I've I've tried to control them more, and I think it works at least for my own tranquility. Um, whether or not it it uh, it um, parlays into like the betterment of the company, I don't know. But like um, you know. Obviously, I don't like traveling. I don't like going to events or whatever like that. But I've really and I, I slip up every once in a while. But I like at E3 and Let's Play Live, I really tried my hardest to not say that I didn't want to be there, to not say like to not be like I can be doing something else. Like I, I try like putting out the more positive or just neutral energy being like I'm here. And I was talking to someone about where I realized like I kind of just go along. Like I think I might and even though I bitch sometimes like I might be the easiest because I ask for the least. So like I think in terms of like what everyone wants to do like you want to go to this convention or cover this game and i'm like i just want to do what you guys want to do because i want everyone to be happy so like um with uh kind of funny live or whatever it's like that's tim and nick show and what tell me what i'll you want me to do and i'll do it you know and i even tried to like make it easier for that like um i remember talking to tim and being like well you don't ha- you don't have to worry about my uh lip sync battle because i'll just do the mega ran rap so you don't have to worry about that but he wanted me to do both so i'm like okay like you know like um or like with e3 it's like i would have covered e3 from home but greg really wanted to go down so i'm like okay i'll do that kind of stuff and I, but i realized also like it's a choice to succumb to those things and so you have to if you're going to do it then you can't make people feel bad that you did it you know like it's not really fair so um so i try to put out that kind of more neutral or positive energy where i'm like yeah it's like fine as opposed to like kind of kicking me dragging me kicking and screaming as if i'm not a man with free will or something like that um and uh, I need more of that and uh you know although i don't i mean i'm not going to like any more events anytime soon but that was just trying to something i try to be more cognizant of because i just feel like a, a high tide raises all boats kind of mentality you know um i mean that's my biggest complaint with you is your negativity so yeah i need you to do more of that for me because that is what beats me down and makes me not want to be around you or work around you and i'm I'm not i know the anxiety is a different issue and this is a different issue but yeah when it is like you don't like e3 and you keep saying you don't like e3 then it is like i get it you know what i mean like this is the one thing i'm not saying this isn't a critique of you not liking e3 i'm just talking about in terms of negativity like that is something that hurts not hurts me it i deters my performance it brings down my performance in necessary and things or whatever like you know what i mean like you're if, i'm glad you addressed it i'm glad you're working on it i'm glad you're actively with it but yeah i think that's you know, something that yeah it matters for all of us i think yeah i mean it definitely is it's a group thing it kind of lowers the the whole group i, I guess it, it's the lowest common denominator thing you know where it's just like if the the idea of we're just using e3 as an example but if the the energy going in e3 if me and Greg are sure, here, sure. and you're here, and it, Nick is like <laughs> Nick, I mean, Nick, Nick is the wild card where it's like wild Nick, Nick feeds off of the the lowest common denominator always, always. And that's, you always call him Devil's Advocate. It, he's Mister Devil's Advocate, and it's just, just like that's just the way he is, you know. Because yeah. Nick thinks a certain way, and usually that way is very realistic about stuff. And it's just like when someone has a, a valid complaint, he's like. That's a valid complaint. And then he'll go on to it. And you have valid complaints all the time. Me and Greg just most of the time pretend they don't exist. and just keep pushing forward. You yeah, know? I don't think it's a lot of negative. I don't think it's so much negativity as it is. Like, I mean, it is negativity inherently, but it's it's also like realism. You know, like I think I'm just the realist. And yeah. so it's and so it's like, you know, could it be tempered? Sure. 
but like I think I think part of pessimism is uh, pessimism is looked at as like this negative trait, and I don't think it necessarily is. I think it's like the, like the half glass full, half glass empty thing. It's like who's like who sees the problems and dwells on them. And who like pretends the problems don't exist? Both of those issues, both of those things are wrong, you know. But like that's just one or the other. It's like rarely that like someone's actually in the middle. And like sometimes the glass is half full and sometimes the glass is empty. It's just a really a mentality. Yeah. Um. So I think the difference there though is it's just like even though there are problems, we're like, how do we fix them? How do we get above them? You know. And then like at least so far, when you look back at our track record, every single thing, there's a million valid complaints and concerns, and we've just been like, all right, we're gonna either not address those and just keep pushing forward or here's a solution to those let's go forward yes it's a little extra work but look at what we get from it you know and i think e3 is a perfect example we fucking killed it he killed it do i have some things i'd change for next year yeah they're very minimal though no kevin <laughs> we need kevin for no, sure more kevins. more kevins more kevins if you guys have more kevins out there let us fucking know but, but uh yeah i mean to me it's like uh yeah so like i i get i get these different kind of fears and these different kind of anxieties where because like i kind of share them but um you know, uh, I try to I think one of the things that I've tried to do cognizantly in this company to quell my own fears and also like my own anxieties about control and stuff like that is like I think I've relinquished almost all control like the like I don't um, I think I'm the most powerless of the four of us in terms of like what we do in the direction we go and all those kinds of things. And I think that's kind of a voluntary yeah. thing, you know, like um, trusting your advisors. Yeah, in the sense of like being like, I don't. The other three people are. In, I think Nick and I are like way more simpatico than than I think a lot of people realize in a lot of the things we do and like and the way we look at things. But that Italian blood. But well, it's just like I think Nick is way more on my end of the paradigm than you guys. But um, but Again, I, also, I think that's but, because you're on that side. I do think that if you were higher, he would be just because it's it's that's the the realist in him Nick's Maybe. The I mean, I've, always, I mean, I've always known nick like that but I, I don't know that you know w- whether it's you know in a more positive days i mean i knew nick like that too but 40 but Chill. um and i mean ment- mentally positive not that things aren't positive but uh i feel like i've tried to just relinquish control in the sense that like i would pull this i would pull us in totally different directions and that's not the consensus so like you have to kind of respect that you're the minority um and still pull your weight it's like a game plan in a football game the quarterback might want to play a different spread with this guy you know the but the coach and the team like they play better when they play west coast offense or whatever and so you play west coast offense even though you might not be the best at that because like you're still direct moving towards the win as a unit as opposed to like showing a lot of resistance so stop 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 what are you even barking at whoa so um so yeah i've tried to like kind of so i think that that's like one of the things like but with, with relinquishing control and having no real uh um, like I don't really chart the course at all so it's like so there, there comes a lot of um, trepidation or fear with that as well where like you don't really know what the future holds or whatever but like you also have to realize that like I played my hand the way I wanted to play it so um, you know but it's, it, this sounds way more dire than it is really isn't you know my, from my perspective I mean, we topics about fear I don't think it was going to be <laughs> super like yeah but uh, yeah so like my, my I don't really have any fears about the company because I, I really do think that like I mean I have fear that like I mean we're very financially successful we're we seem to be individually happy with our lives I mean I guess I mean I don't I don't presume to know but um, so I think that like the fear comes from just being able to sustain it and grow it in a responsible way and, and make sure that like we're doing the best work that we can do and that's way more important to me than the traveling and the meet and greets and all that kind of stuff. Is like, is the content good? Like, that's all I really care about. Like, if people are enjoying the content, and like, like it, and they want to come back and watch the videos, then I'll gladly like seed all of the meet and greet fame to YouTube. That's fine with me. You know, like, 
And I think that that's like well, kind of, that's kind of what content's become, the most important to all of us. But I think that's like what I, the kind of the conclusion that I've come to is like I'm I'm good like um and I think that it, so, someone was talking about it, like they were like your elusive nature makes it so that when you do appear it, me- it means more too. And I'm like yeah, it'll be funnier that way if like literally in the future all mad is like kind of funny live. That's the only way you can see me. You can sell tickets that way. The VIP tickets you just finally meet Colin yeah. only for 50 people. <laughs> Well, there'll be, there'll one be more person. VV, I get it. Exactly. The very, very important people to oh, go man. see Colin. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Game Over Greggy Show. Each and every week, four, sometimes three best friends gather on this table. Each bring a random topic of discussion for your amusement. If you like that, head over to patreon.com slash kind of funny. Toss us a few bucks and you'll get every episode early, along with some exclusive perks and goodies. If you have no bucks to toss, no big deal. Head over to youtube.com slash kind of funny, where we post the show topic by topic, day by day, until it goes up as one big. MP3 and video. Until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you.